In a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend, this is I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. the matter now, Kaneda? Ah, damn it! It ain't fair, Tetsuo! Fight with your bare hands! Huh? <laughs> oh, this is funny. <laughs> Feeling frustrated, Kaneda? Now do you understand how it feels being little and helpless? <laughs> huh? Oh. Uh, huh? Where's this light coming from? Yes, ain't nothing like falling back into old habits when you bump into your childhood friends. Anyone up for a round of King of the Rubble Pile? We're big kids now, so watch out for the space laser. Ollie Ollie Annihilation! Greetings, lookers! Welcome to this edition of I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. The podcast is one part movie discussion, one part game show, where we never know what we're watching next. I'll be your host, Ben Mitchell. You can find me on Twitter and most social media with the handle at RedHenMedia1. Look for that red pen icon. That's assuming Twitter will be here in a week, which we do not know at this point. <laughs> I'd like to welcome you to the fifth and final episode of Series 10. Uh, the series theme is Eastern Animation, for which we've all secretly submitted one movie. And we all guess who submitted what in our Who Done It segment. At the end of the series, the winner's award a Who Dundee trophy, along with a series bonus prize of $25 gift card and a fantasy sword pen, as seen here. Now, uh, we have established scientifically uh, that this is the one and only kind of its entirety in the entire multiverse, and we ask that you accept this dubious fact without compunction, please. But that's not all because you are the X Factor. Yes, there's also an audience choice selection somewhere in the mix. Please go to redhandmedia.com slash audience choice, submit your pick, and we may watch and discuss your movie on the show. Again, that's redhandmedia.com slash audience choice. Today, we'll be discussing Akira 1988, which is a Japanese animation action drama fantasy sci-fi thriller feature film that's currently streaming on Hulu, Funimation, and Tubi. And I'd like to welcome you to this very special episode. And this episode is, uh, well, it's about a movie that when I watched it, it made me realize that uh, if any of my friends are granted God-tier superpowers, they would inevitably use them to gain possession of my Red Aerial Rider X-52 featuring an all-metal gearbox. Oh shit, all metal gearbox. <laughs> and that, that one-of-a-kind fantasy sword pen. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Don't forget that. That's that's a prize to be won. 
Okay, so you've heard them. Now let's take a gander at this lineup of friends who I am now alarmingly suspicious of. We're after that gear box. There they are. Yes, I'm here with my distinguished co-hosts who I fear are plotting to abscond with my red aerial rider X52 e-bike featuring an all-metal gearbox at the first possible opportunity. I'm looking at you, James Pepe. Oh, hey, man, gang. I want that gearbox. Happy, <laughs> happy. With us today, the provocative one, Mr. Devin Schwartz. The game is on. <laughs> Indeed. Now that I have the right uh, title up. Uh, and my good friend, the incendiary James Pepe. It's me, James. So, was the guy with the red jacket, was that Akira, or was it the weird flesh monster kid? Was that one Akira? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no? Oh, was it the motorcycle? Was that Akira? That's my understanding, yes. <laughs> as, long, as long as there are absolutely no follow-up questions. It may have been uh, yes. the teddy bear guy that looked like Louis Anderson. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Like, oh no, Louie Anderson did have the did 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 seep milk every once in a while. I think that was, <laughs> that, that, was part of his, that was part of his lure, his appeal. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> his appeal. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough shenanigans. <laughs> With us also is the irrepressible gentleman, Jim Scott. Hey, Jim. Ben. And greetings, channel listeners and friends. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Looking sharp. Liking the shirt there. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> guys, <laughs> let's find out what's in today's headlines. Extra, 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 extra. Read all about it. Okay. Let's start off with Mr. Devin Schwartz. Did you find anything? Interesting in the news today, sir. You know, I was browsing the internet real late at night. Uh, I think I may have stumbled no. on a sort of an alt right kind of uh news site. I'm not, it's hard to tell these days. Oh, dear. So there's yeah, there's many of them out there. out there. So this information might be due Twitter. Uh, I'll just, yeah. is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was on it was on Truth Social, but it, but it was it was tweeted by the real Matt Lowers. So, like, that it's got to be the actual guy, That's you legitimate. Gotta, you can trust him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he, he paid his eight bucks. You can be anyone you want now. Yeah, right. $8. Uh, here's the headline. A new study shows that leftist millennials invented COVID-19 to overshadow the horrible tragedy of Neo-Tokyo's destruction in 2019. Wow. Ooh. I believe it. It's all, yeah, all signs all point yeah. to true. Yeah, yep. exactly. I wow. did my research. Yeah. My own research, too. If only anyway. I didn't eat so much avocado <laughs> toast, I could have had a house yeah. right now. Yeah. Speaking of fake media, James Pepe, what did you find today? Whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, it's all I'm, fake. I'm, I'm real media. Oh, I got oh that's right. Mark, You're the only real media. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, my my bad. Yeah, I stand corrected, uh, yeah, yeah. sir. Yeah. Uh, so I, I found... Um, I found two headlines, and they seem to go together. Uh, they're they're odd, so 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 just huh. bear bear with me, bear with me. the conspiracy. So, yeah, right. Well, one was above the fold, and one was below the fold, and so you know, 
important. Yeah, right. The fold is very important. Um, so the first one just says, Tetsuo! <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can you guess what the other one says? The other one says, <laughs> Kaneda! <laughs> that's fantastic well done yeah those are the those are those are the, those are the just, headlines i found guys in a print newspaper that's right that's, that's, what, this bit, that's what this bit is yes all of this is real print newspapers are real and the headlines are real yes yeah that was the most yeah that was the most truth i've heard the, so far all, this was all the news fit to print about akira well, but there is there is one more, according to Yoda. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gentleman Jim Scott, what did you find in the news? Yeah, so I found an interesting headline that was actually a summation, an interesting summation of the movie Akira, and it reads like this. When people stop being polite and start yelling at each other, <laughs> real world, postmodern Tokyo... <laughs> oh yeah that's instant excellent. classic yes <laughs> oh man that fucking line will live in infamy man just when people stop <laughs> being nice and start being real <laughs> true oh, story Jeez. a little season two for you for those that are old enough. <laughs> did jim did you actually get that reference or are you just laughing because I'm dumb? I, 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 I think I did. Wasn't that the season? And I could be misremembering. The, the, the second season, the country that, singer. That's what yeah. I, and he twanged the, the title to that, right? That's right. He said, true and, story. But that wasn't, I did it better the first time. That wasn't the season that had Pedro, right? That was the third nope, season, that was season my memory. Yes. Season three. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Join us for wow, a 12-part yeah. retrospective yeah, right. of the early real world. You guys yeah. are deep into this, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, no they're all having. They're all having the no, show, listen, but I listen. don't remember the name. Paramount Plus. They're having reunions of the early early seasons of the yes. real world. So yeah, it's it's relevant that was now. Re- <laughs> that yeah, that was reality television before before there was a genre of reality television. So it being yeah. novel, it, it created the genre and yeah. less scripted. Yeah, yeah, it was highly interesting. Yeah. It was new. It was yeah, man. MTV, man. What a thing. Is MTV still around? Is, is it still? Yeah. Yeah? Wow. Okay. No music, though. It's part of a stack. Much they shows. haven't fucking played music yeah. in 30 years. Yeah, unfortunately. I remember when they first came out. I think it was 1984 with the ast- astronaut with the flag. It was yeah. novel, man. It was exciting. I just loved seeing music that I liked on like Headbangers Ball and stuff. That was super cool. They should redo those commercials. Music videos. Remember the commercials I want my MTV? They should redo them now and just have like geriatric like uh, Gen Xers. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like Uh, screaming about it in the nursing home, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) All right, boys. Smithers, my MTV. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He would be a Gen Xer by now, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Mr. Boons. So uh, that wraps up today's headlines with some bonus MTV content. But uh, (laughs) why don't we get a little context in what we're discussing tonight in a little segment that I like to call The Rundown. Just faxing. My dad. A rundown. 
backs away, Jimbo. Our boss, Charles <laughs> Miner, just demanded a rundown and... Jim from the office just handed the dossier to our very own Devin Schwartz. So let's see what Devin has for us on Akira. So Akira is a 1988 uh, R-rated animated film. The uh, description is as follows. A secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath who can only be stopped by a teenager, his gang of biker friends, and a group of psychics. Uh, it is directed by Katsuhiro Otomo and was written by Katsuhiro and Izo Hashimoto, the uh, A-list, sort of the, the top voice actors for Kanada and Tetsuo, the main characters, were uh, in the Japanese version Mitsuo Iwata as Kanada and Nozomu Sasaki as Tetsuo. They were played in the dub by Johnny Young Bosch and Joshua Seth. Some extremely white names. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the film has an 8.0 on IMDb, uh, which is a bit lower than the Rotten Tomato score, where it has 91 on the Tamatumutur and a 90% uh -huh. audience score. Uh, <laughs> we will see if our grades line up with those uh, generally A, uh, a range grades. Um, a couple things uh, with the awards. The only so I think back in the days when this released, back in the ancient ancient times of 1988, uh, the before was, times and the long long yeah. ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think giving awards towards animated movies, especially foreign animated movies, was very common mm -hmm. uh, around no. the world. So yeah, so it did not. It only has been nominated and won for one award ever, and it was actually four years after it came out in 1992. But it won at the Amsterdam Fantastic Film Festival. Uh, for the Silver Scream Award, whatever the fuck that means. Nice. Uh, that fame. definitely deserves a ring up. L listen, of back, damn fantastic back in the day, yeah, most people didn't even know what anime was, believe it or not. Uh, and just nobody knew. Yeah, you know, some this people film did. Is, this film was credited we for didn't bringing even... it to the mainstream. Yeah. In a way. Well, certainly not the, in the, the US, only... right? People knew in Japan. No. Yeah. I mean, on Saturday morning cartoons, some of them were like, Redubbed in English and broadcast here, and that was my first exposure to anything anime like. But I don't know. Some of those started being produced here, though, but being animated there. So the style we saw that maybe first before we saw anything like this. There was definitely no like movie or whatever. Yeah, but uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. A couple pieces of trivia because I have something a little different planned for the rundown recreation. Uh, oh, I'm afraid this was this is one of the <laughs> first <laughs> moving trivia. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sort of, sort of, more than you might think. Uh, this is one of the first Japanese anime films to have the characters' voices recorded before they were animated. While this is typical in U.S. animation oh. in Japan, uh, the animation is generally produced first and the voices after. Um, this is right. The, the music as well, in a similar vein, the music for the film was comp um, completed before any of the composers saw a frame of the film or read the script. The music did have to be edited uh, slightly to fit the scenes better, but originally wow. was produced fully agnostic of the work. Um, wow. That, sound, that is crazy because the soundtrack yeah. is so wild, and it, but it fits the movie so perfectly. Yeah, it might lend to why there's not a ton of music in the movie in general. Like The times they use it uh, are, I would say, impactful, but the it is, it is used sparingly. There's a lot of silence. Um, it it definitely like the the workload would have fell on like uh the sound like mixer 
uh, or the editor probably a lot to like make that work as best as possible. I imagine. Yeah. Um, the movie consists of 2,212 shots and 160,000 single pictures, uh, as well as 327 colors, all of which broke records at the time of production. Mm. They were all the most for any piece of animation. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, finally, um, the movie is also notable for being one of the few animated movies to be released by the Criterion Collection. This is back when it was like they sent you laser discs. Um, and, uh, it is joined by Watership Down and the Fantastic Mr. Fox as still the only animated films. Huh. Really? There's only three animated films in Criterion? Uh, whenever, whenever this trivia thing was made, which Fantastic Mr. Fox is 2009, so it could have been as long ago as 2009 they made this. Relatively list, so recently. It's yeah. possible in the modern era. Stuff. But yeah, yeah, by 2009 it was only those three. Um, Post-smartphone wow. era. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that does it for our trivia section. Let's move into our real trivia <laughs> section uh, with uh, some rundown recreation. Perfect. I hope you guys like alliteration because it's time for a rundown recreation reference race. Uh -oh. <laughs> Uh, I've got a little some custom art for you guys. We're going to have a good old-fashioned motorcycle race. Oh, wow. Uh, this may be reversed for some of you. Oh, yeah. Names That's them. rad. Well done. That's some all-metal gearboxes for each of you. Oh, uh, nice. We each get our own. And the Excellent. theme for the trivia is going to be... Uh, th so this film, as we all know, is extremely important in popular media. It has been referenced uh, a number of times in all manner of things, and I have compiled a few trivia questions about those uh, those pieces of media which reference this film. Uh, you will be using your lower thirds for this. I want each of you to answer, and we'll see if anyone can make it to the finish line. Oh, Devin, why don't you why don't you describe what you have on the screen there? So there are oh, listeners. of course, of course. For yes, for audio only listeners, there is a racetrack currently on the screen, a strip of highway as well as three motorcycles assigned to each of the three, uh, my, my three co-hosts here today. With each question, they will move forward on the highway. And there is a checkered line for them to cross. Sick. Though, it reminds it me... Be, it'll be a hard trip. Yeah, yeah, it is hella cool. It reminds me of, like, the like the fair, like, when you go to the fair and play one of those squirt gun games with the horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Um, also, these points that we're getting tonight count towards next series, just so people are aware of that. So this yep. we're playing for uh, points for series eleven tonight. Precise. Uh, all right, let's get started with number one. Um, remember, everyone is submitting an answer for each of these, so get ready with your lower thirds. In this animated series, our main character's grass sword rapidly transforms into a hideous monster, a la Tetsuo. <laughs> All right, answers submitted in three, two, one. Reveal those answers. From Ben, we have Sword Art Online. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't type, I couldn't type. <laughs> From Pepe, we have Adventure Time. And Jim, do you have an answer for me? Uh, I For some reason, I was thinking of some Hanna-Barbera anime. So no, I don't have a chance. <laughs> Uh, we have one correct answer. Pepe, congratulations. Adventure yes, time is I fucking correct. love nice. Adventure Time. Yeah, that yes. one was medical. That one was kind of for you. I, I figured you would get it. Oh, wow. Uh, we'll I feel special. 
I thought maybe Ben would. I wasn't sure if he'd seen it. No, uh, I have, I've watched like one and a half seasons of that, but it is an excellent show. They will only get harder from here. Oh, in no. This, uh -oh. <laughs> in this massively popular <laughs> online video game, players can get a motorcycle modeled and named after our protagonist, Shotaro Kanata. One more time. In this massively popular video game, players can get a motorcycle modeled and named after our protagonist, Shotaro Kanata. I have mine already recently. Shit. Oh, look at that. It's fine. <laughs> did you say no. it's, a, it's an online? Uh, yeah, did you say massively it was an popular MMO? online. Yes. An MMO. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't look. I mean, even if you copy me, I'm probably wrong. So. Well, Jim, Jim has the option to copy all of you since he's just saying as I left. Technically, he is. So, <laughs> yeah, and I, I did see the answer because it was premature, but my mind was already there, even though I haven't played any of those games. I just know how popular they are. Yeah, of course are, it so, is. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's reveal those answers again. I changed it. Uh, ben said Grand Theft Auto. Pepe said Final Fantasy fourteen. And Jim, it sounds like you're agreeing with Ben. Yeah, I would have said Grand Theft Auto. And, and to be fair, maybe before they reveal, I say what mine is first. Just to be fair sure, to everyone yeah, that else. that does make sense. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations, Ben and Jim. It is Grand Theft Auto five, where you can get the Shutaro, uh, Shotaro. God, I can't say his name. <laughs> Shotaro uh, motorcycle. It's well, I you know this. An MMO. I mean, it is We're massively multiplayer. Three way Shotaro <sighs> right now. It's a stretch. And yeah, we are at a three way time now. Uh, all right. In this recent sci fi film by a notable director, we can see a main character mimicking Kanata's iconic slide stop while escaping the film's antagonist. Say, say it one more time. Ben, hydrangea. Uh, in this recent sci-fi huh. film by a notable director, we can see a main character oh. mimicking Kanata's iconic side stop while escaping the film's antagonist. Okay. I'm going to take an L on this because I saw Ben's answer and I think it's right, but I don't think I would have come up <laughs> with it on my own. Uh, Jim? Yeah, I mean, so my answer would be, would be yeah, Batman, because yeah. I, I seem to remember in Batman Returned, against the joker he did that slide stop hmm. all right all right ben reveal your answer interesting ben says ready player one and the mm. pepe gives us lord of the rings that's sci-fi yeah. Yeah. yeah unfortunately <laughs> none of you are correct in this particular oh, wow. case oh. uh, the okay. film i was looking for was nope Jordan Peele's nope. No way. Yes, there's oh, an Akira wow. reference. And I that's a very seen that movie too. Oh wow. Oh. oh, the guy with the like chrome, the guy from like yeah. TMZ or whatever. Uh, it, well, it's not actually yeah. him who does it. It's it's the girl later on his motorcycle. I don't wanna, I don't want to reveal anything uh, about okay. the movie in this, but yeah, huh. she does it later near the end of that's the film. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. It, it is a I focused may. shot of the film, and and he did mention in an interview. I actually, me and Jordan had an argument. This is a reference to an argument me and Jordan had about whether or not it was. Oh, a interesting. Oh, but then I saw an interview deep. where he said it specifically was. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. If I may, though, somewhere in Ready Player One, that slide was bound to have been in there. There so probably is, almost, honestly. Almost yeah. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to win by <laughs> lawyering my way to the top here. <laughs> yeah. this, this is this is classic rules lawyering here. Yeah. Yep. 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 
This is stuff uh, we're very familiar with in tabletop. Yep. Uh, <laughs> next, uh, next trivia question. In this animated series, a particular episode revolves around a main character steadily gaining power as well as omniscience, and is referenced multiple times during the episode as becoming quote an Akira. Read it again, please. In this animated series, a particular episode revolves around a main character steadily gaining power as well as omniscience. As and is referenced multiple times during the episode as becoming quote an Akira. That last bit. You said animated series, not animated. Animated, no. Just animated. Yes. You didn't specifically say. Okay, so it could be, but maybe animated. Okay. All right. Uh, Jim, do you have an answer for us? I do not. Oh, all right. It's harder than I thought. I'm sorry. Uh, Ben, reveal your answer. This is not right, but. Lane and yeah. uh, Steven Universe from Pepe. While Steven Universe does make multiple references to Akira, I learned that it's not the answer I was looking for. I was looking for Rick and Morty. Oh, Specifically the episode shit. Edge of Tamorty, Rick Die, Rick Pete is the specific episode. <laughs> uh, where, yeah, Rick multiple times refers to Morty as an Akira. Um, which is, you know, obviously humorous because Akira is not the one who gains all the power and becomes a monster in the, in the film, um, in typical Justin Rowland style. Uh, all right, moving hmm. on. These final, this okay, is the final bonus answer. round. Yeah, these are those. The final bonus round. These two last questions are even harder than the ones that came before. Oh, uh, but they are worth they are worth triple points. So we'll see. Oh, this is this is the one to win the race with. In this 1990, oh, there's also more hints in the clues now. So there's a little more hints, but it's okay. there's, there's still yeah, more. It's still a three-way tie, said. though, right? Uh, yes, still, still all locked yeah. okay. in the one position. All right. Uh, all right. In Surprise! This, in this 1998, fast. In this 1998 fast-paced video game, players can explore a near-identical replica of the ruins of Neo Tokyo as ruins of Station Square. What year? video game. Players can explore a near-identical replica of the ruins of Neo-Tokyo as the ruins of Station Square. Okay, locked in. Jim, you got any guesses for me? Um, man, 1998? I don't think, I don't think I know it. No, I don't, yes. Ben. Ben has said need for speed. I don't think this is right. I have but... a need, the need for speed. <laughs> and Assassin's Creed from James Pepe. I think that was a little later. What we were looking for was Sonic Adventure. Sonic oh. Adventure. I wouldn't have got Best that. Case. Well, it should have been Need for Speed. Nope, points around. So we're still tied. <laughs> still tied. All right, this is the final one. Uh, see if anyone can pull ahead this Cartoon Network original series ran between 2001 and 2007 and featured a macabre cast of characters. In this particular episode, we see a character return from Japan on Kanata's bike. In this uh, Cartoon Network original series ran between 2001 and 2007 and featured a macabre cast of characters. In this particular episode, we see a character return from Japan on Kanata's bike. Any guesses, Jim? No, sorry. Ben, you yep. got anything? 
Swinging for the fences here. Metalocalypse. Oh, that's a good guess. Okay, that's a good guess. Fascinating, but incorrect by your hunger force. You both went adult swim. That's interesting. Uh, we were looking for something a, a little earlier on in the timetables. The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Oh. We were looking for the Grim Adventures. I've never even heard yeah. of that. How have I not heard of that? Yeah. Oh, it's such a good show. Neither have I. Uh, what was the one with the uh, French fries and the, the meat meat wad? That was, and that was, was Aquatine Hunger. Aqua 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 oh, that's what you answered. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, was yeah. my other. That was my other thing. But I don't know. Yeah, the Macaulay. Probably both. Probably both had references to Kira somewhere. Um, because the Metal Lock House was but... a really good guess. Was... Thank you. All right. Well, that does it this. for this particularly <laughs> challenging random recreation. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but wow. you all get one point. You all still get your one point. I think my no mic is a right. little, slightly longer than the others. So it looks like I'm in the lead. <laughs> yeah, but mine's red. So that's true. There's that. true. It's just the most <laughs> likely. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Those Devin, quite... why don't we just continue this race next series? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. see who wins. I mean, <laughs> when you have, when you do, when it's your turn. So stay tuned. I think you're probably up the if you unless you don't yeah, want to do it, you're probably up next, like for series eleven, episode one. If you wanted to continue on, that's true. Yeah, I'll see um, if I can or whenever it, you need to go. Depends on the movie. Yeah, yeah, yes, it, yeah. That's true. That's true. We'll do Akira the live action film. What's <laughs> <No one's> that? <laughs> oh, Just I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> Is there a live action one? I hope not. It's like 2014 or something. Yeah, it's very uh, poor. Yeah. I never saw it. I never saw it. Well, thank you, Devin. That was really awesome yeah. uh, graphic and a fun, fun rundown recreation for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of knowing something, why don't we find out who done it? <laughs> who done it? We've reached the segment where we guess and reveal who is responsible for this week's submission. Winner with the most correct guesses at the end of this series will win a Who Dundee Award. Our current suspects include Audience Choice. We know it was you, listeners and viewers. So somebody out there chose Akira and wanted us to watch it. Um, any guesses as to anyone that you guys know that submitted that might have uh, done this one? Uh, well, did you find out if more than one person had submitted it? I th it was so just was one a, person. Was a, on this quorum. Yeah. Uh, this is. It was. Jordan. It was what? It was, it was Jordan. It was definitely Jordan. This is, this okay. is like yeah, the second or third Jordan pick, right? I think Jordan's like the fifth Beatle right now. I think all of them have been Jordan so far. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I know just, more than one just by chance. Yeah, he keeps getting lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's randomized the same way we do it. Yeah. Well, you should. Yeah. Ask. Ask. Ask and see if. Okay, well, we'll ask Jordan too. We'll 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 find out. But uh, it's possible about. with with the possibility of more <laughs> listeners now tuning in, um, they also should go to redheadmedia.com/slash audience choice and just put Jordan right out of the running. Just take that power from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that guy out of here. Love you, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we know that it was an audience choice. We think it's probably Jordan. Any idea why he submitted this? I mean, I, I called this earlier probably like the Star Wars of anime. Um, so that's he probably wanted to make sure that it got into a Eastern animation anime category. But anything else you might want to speculate as to uh, why? 
he well he described it to me as one of his favorite films and uh about one of the greatest japanese animated films of all time those were his words oh okay so we have his words excellent even when we were talking about um doing this season we were kind of like well why don't we just call it the studio ghibli season you know and then someone said well someone might want to submit akira and we were like oh okay yeah, yeah that's a good point <laughs> and then it happened. Yeah, and then it, exactly. we, we spoke it into being. Exactly. exactly. Secret. Oh, yeah. uh, let me do my sound drop. You got it. Because we already heard from him. But yeah, that kicks off our that kicks off our discussion. So who's seen it? Who has seen Akira? Nineteen eighty eight. I saw it back in probably 92 or 3, or 92, 93, something like that. Uh, my friend, the same one who became an author, ran up to me excited after school one day and says, hey, my uh, foreign exchange student here says we should check out this movie. And so we did, and it was pretty amazing. Uh, true story. And so I had seen it back then. I've seen it a few times peppered throughout the, the years in between um, and always liked it. I'll say that this viewing was my favorite favorite viewing of Acura and I I followed a lot of the kind of connective tissue that maybe I had overlooked previously and so um, definitely recognize it for the classic story that I see it to be uh, that's my 20,000 feet who else has seen it not seen it whatever I'd start with you Devin there's a lot of connective tissue in this movie if you know what I mean yo uh, yeah literally <laughs> uh, I had not seen it before I had, obviously obviously I had seen many references to it and kind of had sort of a, a vision in my brain of what it was like um, some of that was confirmed some of it was uh, it was a surprise to me but this was my first viewing I did watch it twice uh, for this wow show, but this was my oh first cool one. that's always interesting when you've seen it for, like especially if it was your first viewing and then you watched it again so Hang on. So, um, on your second viewing, did you? How was it com compared, like between the two of them? Just you uh, know, my my first viewing, I was pretty tired and uh, even like dozed off a couple times for for moments. It was like you know, like I kind mm -hmm. of blinked for a very long yeah, time. Tired. Um, and so I thought I was like, and and I had kind of mixed feelings about it, and I uh, was like, I'll watch it again. I'm sure I'll uh, my feelings will change watching it a second time. And really, it just the second viewing sort of confirmed how I felt the first time. I'll put it that way without spoiling sleepy. too much of my tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one really liked and one sleepy. Uh, first and second watch. Uh, oh, and how far apart did you watch them? Was it like the next day, uh, or the next week? So we, we had a couple apart, weeks yeah. in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. We, yeah, we had a false a false start one week in the. We US did. Yeah. These things happen with real life getting in the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for watching it again, uh, just to at least confirm. Uh, okay, so James Pepe, you have had to have seen this before. I've heard you mention it before. So, yeah, I'd seen this before. Um, I hadn't seen it in a very long time, though. Um, and yeah, to be honest, me I can't can't remember. I can't imagine this, this time watching it may actually have been only my second time seeing it. Maybe also my third. I haven't seen it a ton of times. Wow. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think I've talked about this before, but like when I was in, when I was in Boy Scouts, when I was a wee, when I was a wee lad in Boy Scouts, um, <laughs> one of the like older guys who I thought was like a pretty cool guy, um, like 
gave like he, he, this was the guy who like I, I, I ha- he had a younger brother and so I ended up at his house uh, for some reason and he just like handed me his like Cowboy Bebop DVD and like the first ep- the first like trade paperback of Preacher which I shouldn't have I was like fourteen like no one you, no fourteen year old should be reading well <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody I, I, yeah. should be exposed say, to that level. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was going to say either <laughs> only 14 year old should be reading Preacher or no 14 oh, year old go. should be reading Preacher. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe um, even that that's more apt for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So th- it was this guy who kind of um, turned me on to um, anime. And this was the time when on Sundays when Adult Swim was showing Cowboy Bebop and Trigun and Neon Genesis on TV late at night. And I think I think I probably you guys will know this. I probably rented this movie from Bradley Video on VHS uh, and watched it on a University VCR. Square, Runnert Park, California. Oh no, the Bradley Video and Santa Rosa. They had more. Of them. Yeah, the Bradley. That's right. They were. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There was two or three of them. Right now, I don't think there's any of them. Bill Bradley, Bradley Video. Yeah, yeah. So what I, line of work yeah, are you I, in, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, like, I, I rented, like, Princess Mononoke, watched that on VHS, rented that from Bradley Video. Fucking Bradley Video. Nice, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I probably saw this around, for the first time around that time when I was, like, 14, 15, something, you know, mid. Okay. Well. Do you remember late, how you... Late 90s, yeah. Two questions. Do you remember how you felt about it, and did some of the story, the more adult story themes go over your head, or do you feel like you had a good handle on it? Because I was you know, saying I got I, more out of it this viewing than I had before. I don't, re- I don't, I don't remember my first, the first time watching it. Going into watching it this time, I was excited to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I have to say I was a little disappointed with my with my viewing of it this time. Um, I think, I think, I think what it was is that I remembered it being stranger than it was that is to say i remembered the weird stuff at the end being more of the movie than it was um interesting Hmm. yeah and so so like usually when we have a break in like if we have to skip a week or something and i've already watched the movie i'll watch it again but i didn't enjoy i so much didn't enjoy watching this not that i not that it was like arduous or something but i I really couldn't bring myself to like sit down and watch this again for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, besides just being busy, I just didn't feel like watching it again. Oh man, I can't wait to like mm. just get into it with both you guys now. Okay, um, get <laughs> this em. is gonna be fun. Get em, <laughs> no, no, I mean it'll just be fun to to find out like the the more details uh, about this, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah, I was also excited to watch it. Um, I didn't watch it twice either. Um, but yeah, that's that's surprising to me, but also interesting. So I can't wait to hear. But Jim Scott, I always want to know if you've seen any anime, anything. So was this a first? Yeah. Year? Did you even have you heard about it? Like, give us give us your overall take. Do 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 you want the five second feel or do you want the thirty second feel? Does thirty the, seconds translate yeah, to yeah. thirty minutes or? Oh <laughs> uh, no 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 no. So. This is one of the yeah, few the anime. Enchilada. Yeah, I'll give you the full enchilada. So this is one of the few anime that I actually have seen. Oh, and wow. I have very okay. fond 
I have very fond memories of this movie. So I was a junior in high school. It was mm-hmm. my Hawaiian friend, Terry. And he was, and we, we, you know, we hung out tough for like six months or so, you know, as you tend to yeah. do when you're like in grade school in high school, you know, your friends are kind of your world, right? Oh, yeah. And he introduced me to this movie. He introduced me to another anime series. I want to say Bubblegum Crisis. It was a bunch of girls in suits, and it was part of a series. He introduced me to Guava Juice. I had never tried Guava Juice. But anyways, as far as this anime, I was so excited. And I don't think, I mean, I'd watch cartoons, but I think that this was my first foray into anime itself and i remember being so excited so impressed so awestruck but my recollections today of that time i can only remember the red bike and some street (laughs) racing and stuff like that (laughs) yeah yeah jim yeah jim if i uh, might if i might yeah (laughs) let me insert a joke so you were so impressed by anime that you never watched anime again. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, I know. And that's what well, I've seen. Um, so I think he also showed me Fist of the North Star. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good one. Late, later on, uh, somebody had let me borrow a record of Lotus War. Oh, yeah. And like anime was around me like peripherally, you know, being yeah, a yeah, nerd. Yeah. I had friends that were into it. Um, There was another uh, friend that I didn't hang out with too much. He was a couple of grades below me, so I had already graduated when he did this. But there was a game store, like a local kind of dungeon-esque game store, just a small little hole in the wall. And it was like an adjunct to the old bowling alley in Vacaville. And he had convinced the owner, Bill, that ran the game warden at the time, to allow him to rent his anime VHS tapes. He had some bootleg, he had some real, uh, and he was really, really into anime. So I had like kind of friends and association with people that were into anime. I I don't know. It just, I, I think the general feeling was the people that were in anime really knew what they were talking about. And I think as a newcomer and being young, I was intimidated by that, right? I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to get Mm -hmm. into, that type of thing. And I think that that kind of shied me away. Um, Whereas maybe in another universe, another life, I would have immersed myself more into it. Yeah. It's all right, brother. Get out the poison. That's why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> purge that poison yeah <laughs> well i think i mean to, to echo some of what jim is saying um at least to like for me when i started watching when i sort of like discovered anime like i remember like discovering anime for me was sort of like when i read ender's game for the first time so I read yeah. Ender's Game for the nice first one. time when um, I think I was in like I was pretty young. My parents, my parents would were very controlling over what I watched. So like I didn't see like a rated R movie probably until I was like sixteen. They just mm-hmm. wouldn't let me watch. They wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons when I was a kid. You know, like The Simpsons was like pretty wow. edgy when it first 
you know, it's yeah. not oh, really yeah. that anymore. Yeah, no, it was it was considered very edgy. Yeah, yeah. So weird to they, think of that now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But essentially, they would let me read whatever I wanted to, right? Um, and okay. so, I, yeah, I remember. I remember the like I read I read Ender's Game when I was in like fifth grade or something, and um, it blew my mind because I'd never read anything like it before. And there was like, like there was like quote unquote adult stuff going on in that book, you know. And when you and and so when I first started watching anime, I was probably around this. I was well, I was older than fifth grade. I was probably in my, you know, uh, early teenage years. And um, you know, you could sort of you could slip it by mom and dad because it's a cartoon. Like, what could be, what could yeah. be so bad in a cartoon, you know? um but yeah like when you see when you see like even akira like to sort of some of the uh, standards now like this isn't a particularly gory anime but it has a lot of violence in it but it's not particularly gory um i mean the flesh the fleshy yeah i I mean by gory do you mean like bloody because there's definitely like like the fleshy morph weird kind of crap like that but it's definitely not like a like heads aren't being chopped off and guts right, aren't really yeah. spilling it well no yeah, guts I mean, it's, it's not like the, um, the, the, the gut spillage is minimal compared to what we might consider uh, very gory yeah, right. these days how about that i mean it's not like it's not like ninja scroll or even like fist of the north there you Star. Go. so there's, there's like mm, yeah. bloodier gorier animes right by comparison um, yes <laughs> yeah by comparison, it's like one of yeah. those it's one of like one of those like how big is our sun comparison videos on YouTube where it looks yeah, really right. big yeah, until yeah, you yeah. show like Beetlejuice next to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just like it was just like another one of these sort of like revelations where you're just like, oh, there's there's this whole other thing out there that exists. And it's weird and it's animated and like uh adult things are happening in it. But it's also like seems to be for me because it's animated, you know, it's not like an it's not like a live action Oh, like that's a great point. movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so it was just one of those those things where it's one of those times in, in your life where you don't know about a thing. You know, when you're a kid, there's lots of stuff you don't know about. And then you're just like, you get this glimpse into this whole other space that is full of things to, to be discovered. And so where did that lead for you? Does that mean that you are an anime connoisseur? Uh, did you just like get the good stuff from then on? And Because for me, it was just like, if I hear about a really great anime, I'll watch it, but I don't know all the titles out there. And I'll, I don't watch sub stuff because I, you know, like I'll be just too distracted to follow it in that case, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm well, not a purist, but I do like a good... I do like a good story, no matter what the genre, you know, so I'll, I'll watch uh great anime, but so, yeah. so where did this lead for you? Well, for me, I mean, like I've never been, I've never been like a genre guy in the sense that like there, there are people like, I remember I used to go or the, the bookstore is probably still there. It's like paperbacks unlimited. Do you guys know that place? Paperbacks unlimited. It's in yeah, Santa Rosa. In Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like there downtown? are people. Or is it in um, uh, like Montgomery Village? Yeah, it's over on the Montgomery Village side of town. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so, like, there are people in in there that will they'll like get a basket, right? 
And then they'll just go to like Westerns and they'll just like take, they won't even fucking read the description, right? They'll just take 10 and put it in the basket <laughs> and they'll just go home and read them because they, they're genre readers, right? They'll just do the genre thing, right? And there's people who do that with fantasy. There's people who do that with sci-fi. There's people who do that with everything, right? Bodice strippers, whatever you want. Um, and I, ha I mean, I have my preferences, but I've never been that kind of reader, right? Like you're, 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 whatever it is needs to like a genre reader. Yeah. 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 Whatever it is, it needs to have something that's going to like get its hooks in me. It, I, I'm not interested just because it's in the genre. Um, and so that, that's sort of like what my experience with anime has been. But again, like I started in the nineties and you sort of, you know, you start with, when you start with like Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, NGE, and then you start watching things like Princess Mononoke and uh, Akira, there's, there's not a whole, there's not like, there's not like a lot of upward space to go, you know, <laughs> like. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what, that's probably how I experienced it too, because there's only, you can only go down from there, especially like back then when it wasn't being produced yeah, especially at the level this, yeah. or quantity that it is now, yeah, you know, yeah. we weren't in this like yeah. glut of <laughs> just like embarrassment of wealth of, of media yeah. coming out. Yeah. But I mean, I know so, a guy, like I know a guy who, who like reviews, like not like casually, he like reviews anime and he's like, okay, this is the, this is like this season's anime. And like, apparently there's like, it, it gets released seasonally now. Like there's new, new shows come in, new seasons of, you know, existing shows. And he just like reviews, he just watches it. And then he reviews the, the like season, the seasonal animes. See, that's a public uh, whether service. They're, whether they're good like or me. bad. Yeah, right. And so I, I can't, like, I don't do that with anything. I, I could never, I, yeah, I don't do that with anything. Okay, well, look, guys, let's talk about uh, some more details, but I want to kick it off with Jim because I want to know how this watch went and feel free yeah. to tell us what you liked yeah. or disliked or what stood out for you. Yeah, so being able to watch it now and now being 30 years later, um, I really, in the beginning, got me in. Uh, I love... Know, talk about genres Great i love cyber, cyberpunk um type stories and just a kind of a broke down tokyo trash all over the place i mean there was so much detail you know and that immersed me in and then of course right away with the violence you know um oh, yeah, with you got Tetsuo, yeah and and uh, was it Ket can't, I can't remember Kana. the other guy. It's like, yeah. it's like the country Kana. almost with a yeah. little, little slight Kana. tweak. Yeah, Canada, exactly. Yeah, Canada. And they're funking with the other biker gang, you know, the clown face bikers. And I'm just like, dude, this is the shit right here. <laughs> you know, and I can see, I can see like, like it definitely was way different than what I imagine it to be based on my 16 year old self. Right. And mm -hmm. the limited memory that I had, um, the story did take time to develop, you know, along the way, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the atmosphere of this world and, you know, the little like 
desiccated old but young looking little children you know um and then you know tetsuo becoming the blob monster near the end like i enjoyed it yeah that i liked that there was like those details where like hey maybe this like experiment they do to unlock this god tier power potential just just Mm -hmm. yeah it just it just warps the physical health of these kids that are using it you know over time because didn't when they cut back in time when the kids were first experimenting it was more like um Mm -hmm. like you know it was more like the stranger things thing that probably borrowed heavily from this i I imagine um where the kids look normal you know and and of course we now we know what happened or what happens to them as they go that was a cool detail i liked the i definitely liked the um just the production design of the world and the concept was cool. And um, I liked the detail about the motorbikes and I liked the character uh, character arcs uh, and the established relationships between the main guy and his buddy who he always thought he had to keep safe mm-hmm. and how that um, changed throughout the course of the power shift there. So there was some cool stuff there. Um, I, yeah, I... I Honestly, I was excited to watch it, but I didn't think I would like it as much as I did like it. I really got into it this time and just followed along and really enjoyed the sci-fi aspects and where they took the story and even up to like the sort of rebirth concept of just wiping away like almost like in a biblical sense and starting anew. I thought that was something I hadn't really seen at the time when I first saw it back when I first watched this. Um and it was still done in a way that I haven't really seen done. So I, I felt felt they handled it really well, like really cinematically and and with a good uh, touch where they didn't overdo it and overfeed you what was happening. But uh, you got a sense mm. of it and the emotions of it. Um, so what what was in Jim, you mentioned that, yeah, it did take a little bit of time to get the story kind of up and running, which didn't bother me. But was that one of the things that. I want to go to you, Devin. Was that what you, because this is a first watch for you. Um, when did you, were you able to follow along? Because there's a lot intersecting there uh, yeah. both times. And was it that it started slow that kind of lost you? Or, or uh, what was your experience? It was, it was pretty much the opposite. I, um, like, like with okay. most, with most long, 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 long movies like this movie, most overly long, extremely long, too long, long, long movies. Wait, um, this was uh, how long was this? Got it. Didn't two hours and four minutes. Four two, minutes. Two wow. Hours. Anything Breeze over nine minutes. Is, that's so weird. With commercials, with um, commercials though. Anyway, uh, with most long movies, they're basically they're always two movies because like you can't tell a single like a single story never takes two hours to tell. So they're always two stories. And in this Never. movie's case, <laughs> in this movie's case, the two stories were one was about a cyberpunk biker gang. And that story was fucking awesome and compelling and interesting with a ton of really cool characters. And the second story was an episode of Dragon Ball Z. It was a like shot for shot remake of an episode of Dragon Ball Z. And that was not interesting in any way to me. So like the whole second half of this movie, I would like I just wanted it to end so bad. Um, oh yeah and yeah, yeah like as soon as it's not about the gang i'm like i just i don't care yeah, all this proves to me is that the millennials and gen z's attention spans are just destroyed <laughs> <laughs> Damn Devin, it. if you don't think Get if you em, don't Devin. think that <laughs> if you don't no no no, wait wait i have i have something here hang on Okay, so if you don't think it takes two hours to tell a story, get my grandpa drunk and then ask him to make a toast. 
<laughs> or just, or right, just ask, uh, just ask Cal Miyazaki to make Cal's Moving Castle. That's two hours. Yeah, but that's two hours of good. It's good filler. The filler yeah, is but... good in that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. What was the last you specifically though? Like, where do you help me out here? So, just as just as someone who wants to tell good stories and wants to know where it lost you. Uh, I think that if I had to pick a moment, it's the scene in the hospital where the like doll, like the toys are coming to life. It's like from that point on, it is like so beyond anything grounded that I like it becomes so abstract that I just don't care. And then and then near the very end, when they start just like screaming names and powering up attacks, it's like, OK, this is literally Dragon Ball Z. This is like 100 percent Dragon Ball Z. And wasn't uh, this before yeah. Dragon Ball Z? Yes, it was. Well, the, the Dragon Ball Z manga started in like the 60s. They're like super old. The, or the Dragon Ball manga. Okay, and it was Dragon Ball enough. before Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, it's it's very old. But uh, right. before the anime, probably. Yeah, it was probably before, before the, the visual <laughs> representation of that. But still. Um, no, it would have been known by the storytellers over there. So you have Dragon Ball out. Dragon Ball's pretty old. That They might have been... I'd be I think Dragon Ball probably might have been close to the 80s. I mean, was it? Did it start in the 80s? I for some reason I I guess because the first time I saw it was in the 90s, you know. But that doesn't mean that's when it first. If came it was out, the sure. 90s, it would have been early 90s, I think. Be and I'm not a Dragon Ball Z fan because I also hate the forever powering up. But I thought for me there was enough there with the characters and whatnot that they didn't specifically make it about that. There was still interesting things going on. Um. But yeah, I, I buy that. But James Pepe, you'd seen it before, and you, you kind of had a similar viewing or somewhat similar. So what happened with yours? Yeah, and it's funny because even like thinking back on it now, um, it's cool. Like everything, everything that I remember about it, I think is cool. But for whatever reason, just like my and like the, I watched it with a few friends, and they all really liked it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, I, you know, I, I well, I think I, I, maybe I could say at least two things. So first, I think that I had forgotten how much of the movie was just about uh, like biker gang stuff. And so I was like, mm -hmm. all right, movie, let's, let's fucking get to the getting here. Like, give me the weird blob monster shit. And I just didn't remember that, that, was very was not that much of the movie um and i think it's the third second act thing stuff. yeah yeah it's it's the end um and actually like like the part that lost Devin was the part that like makes me lean in right because it's like oh he's seeing these weird <laughs> fucking hallucination things uh what's yeah, going on yeah 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 are, were um, they hallucinating? They were just like kind of a mind trick kind of thing, or or at least like telekinetic stuff. It wasn't just abstract, though, right? I mean, that was yeah, my the, read. The, on it. the other kids were were doing it. I think it's right. Know, the other yeah, kids exactly. Were doing it. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing. I think the other thing of it was is that, um, like essentially all anime is cribbing from Akira, and so. I had a I had a hard time because like sometimes sometimes you th you see things that are, um, that are that are so like like for example okay so a friend of mine he's I, I I always give him a hard time because he doesn't like the Beatles right and I asked him well why don't you like the Beatles 
And he said like the like what the Beatles did is so pervasive in all popular music now. When I listen to the Beatles, it sounds like I've heard it a thousand times before. And I think that was and and like that's I don't think that's like to me that doesn't make sense, but I understand what he means. Yeah, and I think I something that. I think something similar happened with me in this movie because I've seen enough anime and I know that Akira like was the forerunner to all of this other stuff, but I've seen it a bunch of times now. It's and and yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain. But like I said, like every like the the scenes where they drive their bikes and the like the, the like lights have the trailers behind them and all the shots of the city with all the lights going, the soundtrack, it's all really good. It's all super cool. Um yeah, I don't know. I just I was impatient with it. I was just like, come on, movie, get to the get to the good stuff that I remember so, liking, you know. So maybe not watching it a long time worked against you in a, a weird way on your viewing because you remembered this standout part. It's almost like if you're watching Star Wars in the original like episode four, and if you hadn't seen it since you maybe caught it in the theater in the seventies and you're gonna watch it again now, you remember there was cool ass lightsabers in it. But then you sit yeah, down right, and you yeah. watch episode four and you're like, wait, what? Where's the, you know, and then you see yeah, Obi-Wan right, yeah. for like two seconds, like do the thing and you're like, walk away kind of disappointed. Yeah. Am I, epic, am I making an epic, epic fight with Darth Vader where they gently tap lightsabers? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I could see that, man. I can see that. Um, but yeah. yeah, for me, it was just, man, like for this, for me, like the really the, the, the penny dropped for me on this viewing. Um, and it's not like I'd watched it a ton, and it had been quite some time since I've seen it, at least 10 years, if not more. But it just, the film, I was in it, I was, again, I watched it on big screen, no distractions, right? That may be something nice. that makes a difference. I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I'll offer to screen stuff for you guys if you want, just to put that out there. But, um, <clears throat> so I was in the pocket watching this thing. Uh, the film either spoke clearly to me this time, and I was really following along. Or at very least, like I maybe it wasn't as clear as all that, and I un but I was paying so much attention that I understood it more clearly than I had previously, you know. And I really just appreciated the way they brought together this really well developed world where there was this like political problems happening, you know, and like people ready to like rise up against a terrible society. And then they they introduced this cerebral power, all uh you know Stranger Things, which I'm sure borrowed more from this. Um, than a lot of other things, um, which they did differently enough, I think. But um, definitely like the kids and the science thing with the superpowers. I don't know. Maybe maybe they borrowed this from something else too now. I don't know. But this is the first time I'd seen that. Um, the, the spectacular action, uh, the, the set pieces were great, especially, particularly the intro, how they brought it all together. Um, which before it is very busy. Uh, like this is one of the things before, like maybe there was like too much going on in the intro for me to really follow each story as they intersected really cleverly in this sequence. But this time I was definitely watching the chess pieces move and, and I, I knew enough at least where like the different things coming together all made sense. And I thought it was really cleverly done the way they took basically all these different characters and made them intersect in some way. And, um, the character dynamics themselves, how they changed. You know, the three creepy little kids, uh, their character arc was yeah. particularly interesting. 
you know, at the end, they pull together and decide to just like team up, even though they were sacrificing themselves. And it was almost like uh, the band going down with the Titanic, you know, moment. Like, it's been an honor playing with you, gentlemen. You know, <laughs> I like that. I like the I liked how the biker gang thing resolved. Um, I actually liked how Akira was a big letdown. That it was like just a bunch of bottles, canisters, and then spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert, brought like resurrected himself with his god tier powers along with the other kids working together. They like really reached that kind of like it's kind of that moment in the Matrix where Neo just puts his hand up and the bullets drop kind of moment. So I really appreciated that and. God damn the the artwork! You know, remember this is not digital, so somebody had to draw and paint each frame of this. Uh, these yeah, beautiful, it's, it's like so sweeping. Crazy. Yeah, the cityscapes were incredible, like something out of. Um, I don't know if they borrowed from Metropolis though, but just that overwhelming, like looming city that just looks like it's gonna pounce on you, and uh, you know all all the different uh, those lovely wide shots of the destruction and stuff. So they literally, they really did go all out with this one, and I was definitely all in. Yeah. yeah, I I agree that the like I agree with everything you're saying. It's just I feel for me at least they like all that stuff applied to the first half, and then like I feel like a lot of it dropped away in the second. I thought the visuals weren't as interesting when it was just sort of a junkyard rubble. Like yeah, exactly. What about yeah the character? What about uh, I I while I'm thinking of it, this has to do with what you're talking about. I really did think it was clever how they tied like they tied in the Olympic Stadium, which was just. It was one of those like, you know, plant and payoff things. Like they set it up early on that the Olympics were coming and it was kind of a big deal. And they were constructing the Olympic stadium. And then of course, I, I don't, I didn't remember this happening and I didn't see it coming. I was delighted that they made the final fight right there in the, like they set it in the stadium. I thought that was really well done and it did catch me off guard that they were heading there. I don't know why I didn't see it coming though. Cause it was literally in the background of the fight before, but I was like, I was definitely like, Oh, that's a great, arena you're literally taking the last fight into a literal arena here i like that uh yeah and destroying it, was, it. <laughs> yeah it was a cool idea i don't know i, I again it's it yeah, might yeah, be yeah. one of those things that pepe is kind of talking about where it's like i feel like i've seen that before you know that was in like x-men days of future past but obviously yes, much it later, was. yes but it like was. you know in my mind that's i've seen that many more times and many more recently and so much more recently so it's like you know i've seen that before nothing no surprise there um, but also I feel like the, a lot of the character, a lot of the first hour of this movie or so is about this, this gang and these friends and like kind of forming dynamics and basically all of that's gone and like not really important by the end, except for that one friend who is like so unimportant. I can't remember his name, but there's that like one friend who comes back for at the end for like a minute to save, uh, Kanata yeah, from the right. like explosion. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then that's name. like. It, yeah, and it's like none of his other friends are really doing anything, helping out in the movie at the end. Um, and uh, like one of them dies, but it's not really like emotional because it's like, you know, too many again, characters. We don't even, we barely know their names. Yeah, it's, it's, I just felt like a lot of the work they did in the first half of this movie doesn't get, they don't capitalize on it in the second half. Okay, now I hate <laughs> the movie. No, uh, I, I think you're, I do think you have a point that there may have been too many characters they didn't wrap up. Go ahead, Jim. Well, something that you had said, Devin, uh, well, you and Ben, about the stadium, um, it kind of reminds me, and I have a question. Do you think that we suffer from uh, kind of a modern-day scope creep? 
And what I mean by that is, and the, uh, the, the direct reference I have is from role-playing game. So when you're low-powered, take the role-playing game, you usually start off kind of low-powered. Low it ends up being kind of a small world, right? The village or your immediate surroundings because you're not that powerful. But as you gain in power, the challenges that you face are bigger and badder and more intense until you're saving the world. And they call that scope creep. And in the visual medium, uh, just taking this kind of reference from the role-playing game and inserting it, is that we've had decades and decades of movies and anime where a lot of our modern-day cinema almost has to be bigger and badder and more awesome. So one thing that Devin said is I've seen this before. I've seen it in other movies. You you, mm -hmm. you know this uh, this you, you know larger than life kind of uh, stand in right. The stadium is a stand in from for like world sports. You know the Olympics, the the biggest, and then that place gets demolished, and that's symbolic of this kind of struggle that's going on. But applying scope creep in a general sense, think. Because we as an audience, we've seen, especially if we're, we, we've watched a lot of movies, we've kind of seen it all in a general sense. So do you think that we kind of suffer from that scope creep? It loses its appeal. Um, does that make sense? Or the arms I, race of spectacle has just yes, dulled our there senses. You go. There yeah. you go. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it, it's a really easy way to explain why it is that that throughout history like for all of human existence there's always the older generation likes the media that came out when they were young and the younger generation likes the media that's coming out now and the old people always hate the new stuff and the new people always hate the old stuff and in that's general like, yeah in general that's a thing with movies now yeah. that was a thing with books before that was a thing with poems before that were like you know throughout all of history there's always been like the old geezers who don't like the new the new age and and you know so on and so forth it's it's a human condition where it's just that when we when we experience an idea for the first time, it locks it in our brain. And the more we see that idea repeated, as all storytelling repeats, we are more inured to it. We're, we're less interested in it. And so whatever the first instance of something we see is, it's just that's the thing we like. And that's why sometimes people have terrible tastes mm -hmm. because yeah. they happen to watch something bad the first time. But they're like, this is the first time I've seen you know, spaceships and who cares if it was Cowboys versus aliens. I love this movie now because it was the yeah. first time I watched something with spaceships in it. You know, I don't know about all that. Back in the nineties, we had grunge music and we were right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What about, what about eighties pop, man? What about eighties pop? Oh, hell yeah. But, um, no, not to mention. Yeah. But I would argue and Devin, you can definitely, and I think Ben, you've disagreed with me in the past that we do have excellent writing. I'm not going to say that, that we don't. You know, some of the series that come out have blown us out of the water, but I feel and like the production those series, value has risen as well. I would yeah, say. Are, are few and far between, right? So like we mentioned before, uh, we talked about House of the Dragon before and how that's phenomenal, Breaking Bad, phenomenal, that type of thing. But I think the general sense of what I get is modern day cinema, not including independent cinema, because I think that can be, uh, 
you know, very different. But I feel like just generally, just putting a general paintbrush, that modern day cinema is more spectacle and less substance. I do believe that to be true. I mean, um, if you compare it to the 70s, like pre Jaws, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, there is. They're, they're, they're de- like, you know, being there and all those, and like, you know, taxi driver and, you know, this character yeah. study kind of things yes. then. Yes, yeah. definitely. In the 60s with the pure like cinema, cinema before like visual effects, even like, you know, took over the thing. We're talking about like in camera things like, like, you know, Twilight Zone style stuff and other, and the movies mm-hmm. of the 60s and stuff. Yeah. Because they couldn't do the spectacle. So maybe it's just and the and you know, I remember George Lucas in like the late nineties used a phrase like now he's painting with all the colors of the rainbow or something, with in yeah. terms of like digital effects and stuff. And then we got the prequels, which kind of felt like overdone with the digital effects now. If you look back, you know, mm-hmm. it looks very like sterile or something, you know. Um yeah. So at some point that was even worse, but I think we are tacking back in the other direction where there's more of a balance now than there has been before. And hopefully it keeps going in that direction. However, I think you could easily say that a a Marvel movie, for example, is not going to have exactly much depth as something that like the Godfather or something. Right. And we're not going to see the Godfather now on in the movie theaters. We might see something like that on a TV show though. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was going to say the exact same thing, Ben, is that the that filmmakers today are more capable of creating that spectacle. And it, and it's it is much easier, if not cheaper. Uh, it is certainly easier to create that spectacle now than it used to be where you had to you know build everything you wanted to show on screen physically yeah. in the real world. Um, now it is. You can at least I mean, mass not, produce it. It's yeah, not I don't want to say visual, but you can at least mass produce yeah. it. You know? I don't want to say visual effects are easy, but it is not as physically demanding as as it used to be. Um, it is and, easier, though. I'll say that, yes, yeah. too. On on the um, side of doing the animation and that kind of stuff, yes, we have better tools now. And uh, naturally, any any work of art, you know, there's a sort of maximum quantity of things you could fit in there. And if if now this incredible technology allows you to make these great spectacles, and you want to put some some of that into your movie, you're going to have less room for other stuff. You know, anytime a, a spaceship is exploding, there's probably not a big depth of you know character development or story going on in that in that moment so every every second you spend on those spectacles you're it's a second you're not spending on the other things that make yeah great and i and i feel like there is and i'm not trying to um you know yuck nobody's yum as one of our friends likes to say um (laughs) but and and i have watched marvel movies i guess they're the biggest culprit because they gain a worldwide audience but a lot of those movies that are more spectacle, less substance, they're a roller coaster ride. And I yeah. can definitely intensely enjoy them. But a couple of For months later, I'm like, what was that movie about again? I don't remember. You, you, you know, and I hope you're right, Ben, because I do like a more nuanced, and this is probably preference, I do like a more nuanced storytelling. Uh, a director's vision, um, things that they include that you may not necessarily get right away or you may not get get at all, like what Stanley Kubrick does with all of his references in his movies. And um, so I tend to steer now less towards movies and more towards series because with series, you do have that longer arc 
to tell a more nuanced story, a character study, etc. So Ben's point, I mean, sorry, Jim's point, um, I wanted to mention that that uh, I definitely, I, I see what he means about the, the spectacle over substance and that that whole uh, balancing, like sort of balancing act that's happening today. And honestly, mentioning Marvel movies, it, it made me sort of think that this part of what I kind of didn't like about this movie is it feels kind of Marvel for an older movie. Uh, that is kind of mm. how I feel is that in, in the, especially in the second half, it really gives up all of its substance for to make room for spectacle. And that a lot of that second half, I, I like, I kind of half knew disagree. what was happening. I, think, I just knew that it looked cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Devin, I think you checked out because the if you, I promise you, if you watch that again, character shit is happening throughout that whole thing. Like those kids save that, that like security officer guy that like switches sides and says F this. And now he was like <laughs> on the side of the people. Like the kids save that guy. And like they make their choice. Like there's character stuff happening all throughout that. But if at that point you were just like, I, you, the spectacle is so great that it, it might have overwhelmed what you were paying attention to because there was some, I felt there was that balance. But I felt more like you in previous watches of this where I wasn't kind of in the pocket with my attention on that point. Um, I can't Devin. say that for sure unless you watch it again. But I, I suspect that there was probably more dynamics happening there that just got maybe overwhelmed and you may have checked out. But am I, am I, were you like, just by based on your own words, but correct me if I'm wrong or, or if you think I'm off base. Well, I mean, I did watch it twice, specifically the second time. I was like, okay, I hated the second act of this movie the first time. I'm going to enjoy mm -hmm. it this time. Like, I'm going to find what, like, okay. like, why do people like this movie? <laughs> like, what is, what is it about this final act that sure, is yeah, you were working to give for it people? A, yeah, and I, I still an couldn't find go. it. And I, I think one of the problems is, and it's, it's actually, uh, if anyone remembers this movie, uh, the movie Chronicle, if anyone remembers the details, I should say, of Chronicle, yeah, most people remember yeah. it existing. Chronicle was one of the very, ones that ripped this off, too. Yeah, very clearly, <laughs> uh, very clearly a, like, live-action sort of adaptation of this, in a way. Um, but Especially the, thing, the character dynamics between the friends. Yeah. And, and that the, the weakest that, of them became the most powerful. Yeah. The thing that Chronicle does, though, is we get, like, more than one conversation between those two characters, because that's that's sort of the big issue, is as much as I like the first act, Kanata and uh, Tetsuo literally talk like one time in the first act. Like they have one exchange of words. You kind of get a sense of their dynamic. And then Tetsuo crashes and he's in the hospital and he's getting superpowers. And they interact like yes. one more time very briefly when yes. he's like having a hallucinogenic episode. And then it's, it's yeah. like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't buy that these two characters have any relationship with each other because I don't see any of it on yeah. screen. Um, they're just <laughs> saying that they felt this way about each other, you know? No, that that's a, that's a fair point, and you know, uh, Pepe, I think you had something to say earlier, and we I cut you yeah, off with what did. I remembered. I want to say, but, yeah, hey, but I was, um, I, after this, I I want to like flip it up and say what like those of us who liked it say something that maybe like was a weaker point, and vice versa. But go ahead, Pepe. Oh yeah, I just I wanted to say something about the um, spectacle thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think. Um, I said th I think I've said things like this before, but like, uh, if your movie's not that good, it's not going to be good, right? So what I mean is Get like, polished like, turd. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, um, I know, I know this isn't isn't quite what you mean, but like, Indiana Jones is a fucking spectacle, right? Like, it doesn't have global implications, or, I mean, they sort of do, right, because if the Nazis get the Ark of the Covenant, blah, blah, blah. Well, they have right? the map with the red line that shows where Indy's traveling. What do you, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but like that movie that movie is just like set piece after set piece of yes, wild shit happening, right? And it's yes. not it's not a spectacle in the same way that a Marvel movie is, but like that's not like a fucking like that's not like an A twenty four right movie right that's not yeah. right it's not, it's yeah, not like yeah, a yeah. thinking man's movie you know right right no no um, certainly not but it's but it's like fucking one of the best things ever committed to film right and yeah. so and so like you can have whatever Devin, you're you doing <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark none of the uh, no. oh my god those are happening okay. I'm throwing out my movie for next week. I'm going to put in Indiana Jones. <laughs> Go ahead, Pepe. Um, or like, uh, like the Matrix is another one. Like that's just like pure yeah. fucking, just like pure fucking spectacle. Um, yeah. And yes, but they're are... alluding to philosophy and stuff in there and mythology and stuff. Yeah, but you also like there's people in leather shooting guns flying around. Oh like, yeah, 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 you, absolutely, you can... yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, you if you want to think about that movie a little bit, there's more to be thought about than there is an Indiana Jones, right? Sure. Um, but the point is, or like Independence Day is another good one too. Like they're they're just good movies, right? They're they're spectacular movies, and they're good even though they're just like check your brain at the door, fucking eat your popcorn, you're going for a ride, right? They're good. Um, but like, like, uh, day after tomorrow is a great example. If anyone remembers this movie where it's just, yes, like, we're just going to like but, destroy yeah. New York it, with like horrible, we- like it's the most, what's the director's thing. name of day after tomorrow? Could you look that up, Devin? If you, wasn't it, was it, was it, Google was it, it Michael? Was it Michael? I don't want to get it wrong. No, it was, was the other guy that does those types of movies. His name what is was Roland, Roland actor. Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Thank you. Yeah. He's the disaster movie guy, right? Uh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal and what? Dennis Quaid were the main actors. Yeah. Yeah. I had a crush on Jake Gyllenhaal. That's how I remember it. <laughs> I remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think, um, I think, I think if your movie is good, it's gonna be good regardless of what it's doing, right? And that, I mean, in a sense, I'm not really saying anything, right? But like, one, I think one of the other things that's that the Marvel movies suffer suffers from is that um like there's never any there's never any in a certain sense there's never any stakes in in them right because you know that if you know that if indiana jones gets shot things are going to go bad for him right but like if this like if this fucking huge like alien from another dimension fucking throws iron man through 16 buildings he just like shrugs it off you know and he's like what are what are ignoring the, the physics of, the, yeah uh, being inside armor does not protect you from like impact <laughs> but, <laughs> but well, whatever yeah i mean you're, you're suspending your disbelief a little bit right sure but like, oh yeah, what yeah, are the, yeah what are the stakes here like is this person just an impervious you know like and 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 you're right jim like when things get too big Yes. That you you get you, you get it so that it's like you can't wrap your mind around it anymore. It's like it's like when someone, it's like try to try to imagine the number of stars in the universe, right? Like, okay, you sure. can imagine a very big number, but at, the, at some point, it's like you don't grasp it anymore. You know, I think like scope fatigue, I think is like a real thing, right? Like, th- sure. a story can get too big for you to like 
hold in your mind apparently and so like yeah but like but you can you can still have kind of like how you guys are saying like you can still have a movie that has a, a large scope but it's just like it's not on screen right that's what like the marvel movies did is like everything's gonna be fucking on screen right yeah but if you think about a movie like um I mean, even like Star Wars or Independence Day, right? Like Independence Day is like a movie about aliens from outer space that came to like take over the world, right? That's like classic, like the whole world is at stake, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But that movie is about like three people. The whole movie is just about three people, right? And so like that's a way to have, I'm not saying that's like the only way you can do scope, but like that's a way that you can have scope with it being with with yeah. with you being able to like wrap your head around it yeah this this has always been something i like you know soapboxed about was the idea usually it, it applies to television shows that it's important to have a micro and a macro story that like that's what keeps a, a, a tv show interesting is each episode has a complete story beginning and end and does something to further the larger season-wide or, or series-wide that's interesting story and that, and that, like, the best shows do that well, like Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon do that yeah. really well, where there's always a story that is told beginning to end in each episode and a little bit extra to move the, the greater plot along. That idea, too. Yeah, that idea doesn't typically apply to movies because most movies are singular and maybe they'll have a Insular, sequel but it's yeah. like its own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marvel, on the other hand, does do that. They're, the whole original Marvel run leading up to Endgame was basically a TV show with very long episodes. And yes. They, it was important that each movie, like Guardians of the Galaxy, for instance, that that centers around an Infinity Stone. It's it is like about yep. the macro plot line, but has a great micro story to tell and and does it really well. Yep. But I, th- this now that point completely doesn't apply to Akira, so now we're totally off base. <laughs> no, that's okay. What I'll I'll just say this with Akira, I I would like to hear from those of us who are kind of on the. Um, negative end of things to point out a couple of things that maybe stood out that you really liked because I always like to hear what did work for you and vice versa for maybe Gemini. If you're if you're a hot to trot, jump in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just say that that I agree. The art was incredible. The music where it was used was very good. I did think some of the silences were a little awkward. I'm 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 totally okay with silence used in movies, but some of the times it was like, why is it quiet now? But I, when when mm-hmm. music was used, it was very good. It was really cool. I like that the really early on music was was just them saying Tetsuo Kanada like back back and forth. Yeah, that was very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> and the the cityscapes were incredible. I've always loved like urban Tokyo. We talked about this with uh, uh, Ben, your Ghibli movie from this series. I can't remember the name of. Oh yeah, Whisper, Whisper of the, of the Heart. Heart. Yeah, Whisper of the Heart. Same same kind of deal. Much less less big and and you know metropolitan. But like mm-hmm, just the idea mm-hmm. of like urban landscapes is always really cool. And this has some great also uh, urban landscapes. The, the the setting evolved throughout the movie, which which is always interesting. Yeah, so it's almost yeah. like the setting is a character in and of itself. It had an arc as well. Yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. Okay. So what about you, James Pepe? What did you like the third act? I know that. Soul, yeah, well, the, the I space mean, laser. Was right. it a gravity laser or just a straight up destructo laser? Because I thought maybe it was, it was a gravity a gun. Well, really? Okay. Soul. So I assumed it was like solar powered, like, like a sun, like yeah, sunbeam, sun yeah. laser thing. It's just weird that it like seemed to like the way it affected matter. I was like, is there like a gravity warping happening here? Anyway, I, I digress. Amazing. Go ahead, Pepe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. So, okay. Oh, I, I think I, I can say a few things. So, um, uh, so one thing I'll say is that um, I mentioned this before, uh, and this is going to be a weird thing to accuse this movie of, but I'm going to do it in a very narrow scope. So, it's not enough to have a good idea. You have to make it jump through hoops, right? Um, I think this movie doesn't do that with Kaneda when he gets his powers, right? But I, but again, like I, even even then, I can't imagine that person, right? Like his character coming up with like creative ways to use telekinesis, other than no. just like throwing big. He rocks wants to steal his friend's bike. Someone. Uh, right. <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I have godlike powers. I want to rob this bank, you know. Right? He ties like, a rag around yeah. his neck like Superman cape. Like, this is the type yeah, of guy. Right. That, like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> right. Like, I remember I remember when I first saw the, the first um, Green Lantern movie. And I, I turned to my friend and I was like, this guy has a ring that allows him to create out of nothing anything that he can imagine. And what does he imagine? A bigger than normal fist. It's like, come on, dude. Like, do better than a bigger than normal fist. You know, you can think of, you can imagine anything to hit this guy with. Bigger than normal fist is the best, is the best he can come up with. And so I, and, but like I said, like, it's not interesting to watch, but it makes sense given the character. Right. Um, so this is a positive and, thing. Is that what you're getting? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to be saying, po- am I supposed to be saying positive? Yeah, things? yeah. This okay. is introduction to the opposites. But this is a valid point. Yeah, so wrap it up and then and then give us your give okay. us your um hot positive. Okay. So well, that's the thing is that like that sounded dirtier than at, I meant to. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you my hot positive, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, like, you can you can point to any almost any moment in this movie and something like pretty badass is going on right like the whole movie looks amazing um stood the test the, of time in that way i didn't yeah, think it would look yeah. as good that today as i remembered it looking and it, it definitely stood. Uh, I, I, i'll say that I, I will say this i didn't remember anything about the music in this movie and the music on this rewatch of it really struck me and it and one of the reasons was because huh. it it, it was so unique and weird and like the like weird, like vocal sort of like singing that they were doing with like, yeah, like grunting and breathing. I'd never heard anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, that really stood out to me. And it reminded me a lot of um, one of my favorite movies, the fall, which is impossible to find, which is too bad, but, mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah, I mean, I really liked. I really liked the end. I really liked the weird, like blob monster guy. Um, I wish there was yep. a little bit Just more of power that. Getting out of control. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, like, Devin wanted I less. You want more? You both like the music though. That's it. That's, the music. That's the music was really. The music really stood out to me. I mean, like yeah. every every frame of this movie is beautiful. The cityscapes are great. Um, Blade about, Runner like, was just Blade Runner was just, just like yes, rad. please. I'll take the I'll take it all. You know, right? I'll help yeah, myself yeah, to yeah. this entire movie. And I want the pill. I want the red leather pill jacket too for when I go on my yeah, bike rides. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> sick, dude. You should get a jacket yeah, like that. I know, I awesome. know, right? I'm I'm working yeah. on it. They're expensive, but you know, hmm. <laughs> yeah. The gears are turning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, there's a lot to like in this movie. Um, for whatever sure. reason, it just didn't. It didn't. It hit. It hit different. I don't know. Sure, but your friends liked it. That's that's good to know. So. My friends really liked it. May you know maybe mm-hmm. they were in the right headspace. I didn't feel like mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't feel because sometimes when you go into a movie, you're, you're kind of like, I'm not sure I'm in the right headspace for this. I didn't feel like I wasn't in the right headspace for it, but for some reason, it just hit me. Didn't hit me askew or so, I don't know. Bounced off. Yeah, sure. Whatever reason. Yep. All right. Well, Jim, did you have anything chosen that you wanted to say that just didn't quite work for you? Or you thought they could have done differently or anything like that? So I'm going in the opposite, more negative. Um, yeah. If anything stood out, you, know, you don't have to like. The only thing was, yeah, the only thing is in this case, I would agree with Devin. Um, Normally, I don't in this sense that the movie kind of took at certain points slow time to get to where it was trying to go. Yep. But I don't, I I just don't, but I don't see that as a negative, Ben. I feel like that this movie was a prototype right? It was a genre Mm -hmm. creator in a lot of ways, much in the way that Lord of the Rings was a genre creator for contemporary fantasy, you know, and then the later writers, 70s, right? But, so, they're not gonna always get it right, you know, and I feel like that should be given some some room to breathe. Um, I agree. Because they're creating something from new cloth. You know, whereas you know, we mentioned it in Rundown, you you know, with Devin's insanely hard questions. There are so (laughs) many anime cartoons, etc. that paid homage to that movie. To this movie, excuse me. That says something. Even the you know, one I that, think that, that we watched in the beginning, Jim, the one your pick, uh, yeah, which is the, the oh, yeah, what was it called sure. again? Wonderful days, wonderful, wonderful days. days. Yeah. Thank you. Our blue oh, sky, yeah. yes, almost certainly. Yeah. Yes, Korean yeah. anime, hard to find. Yep. Oh yeah, still Netflix? hard to find. Are you listening? Yeah, I tweeted at Netflix, <laughs> but they I, now that Twitter's like going down in flames, I'm not sure if we'll ever hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I wrote this beautiful tweet and <laughs> and everything. Jeez. Um, <laughs> well, my point's related to yours if you're kind of wrapping it up there, Jim, unless you had something to add. Yeah, all. Um, yeah I, um, it was, for me, it was that intro sequence too, but go ahead. No, I, I just want to talk about... Not the intro sequence, the, but yeah. I want to elaborate on the good point. You mm-hmm. you know, this this anime, in the sense that, you know, these characters, these main characters get powers and there's a little bit of a corruption element there, right? It really, like, brings home, because I'm watching the series currently, The Boys, you know, which is not Marvel-like, right? This is more of, like, a reality. Yeah, well, this is more of the reality if people got superpowers, um, how they would really be like, even though they Mm -hmm. think they're doing good. You know, they do terrible things. In the same or powers sense have that terrible the, side effects that you that probably would be more realistic than how they're depicted yeah. in, you know, like if Superman, <laughs> that's probably a terrible 
reference. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, <laughs> just, you know, overusing your superpowers and hurting people. I'll, I'll put it like that. Yeah, you wouldn't be virtuistic like they are in Marvel, where they're always thinking no. of others. I think that's a yeah. rare it's so breed. so dry that way, yeah. Yeah, and other movies like The Invisible Man, Hollow Man, you you know, you can turn invisible. Yeah, so, the, well, there's a so lot Akira of does have those consequences, that. you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a great, that's a great point. Yeah, and I and I like movies and shows and books like this where they talk about a larger than life power that you get and they show kind of the way it really can destroy you in in, in certain yes. ways. Yes. You know, and as a consequence a larger world around you. Whereas if you didn't get that power, um Kind of much in the ways of when people win the lottery. You know, they think that it would solve all their problems. Say, for most money people, money is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Bruce Wayne in the problem. new in the new Justice League said the superpower was being rich, and that it would be a, a dynamic shift for an, a normal person without that kind of massive wealth. Yeah, it would be similar yeah. and corrupt similarly. I think. Sure, and I think that kind of that larger. Um, I, I think Devin pointed it out as a macro story. Fits in perfectly in a cyberpunk world. Yes, um, which is a genre you like. Yeah. Do you also I like love it? Like me, I also like that somebody is bestowed powers suddenly and see how that affects them. Kind of, I don't know if it's a genre, but it's you know, it's a story that comes up in media. You know, even in like The Incredibles yeah. or, or something uh, that there was that type of storyline. You know. And typically it is a villain or like Megamind or something, you know, even in the cartoons right. that that's a thing. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, going to a more general sense, I like a lot of darker stuff. You guys know that I love mm-hmm. horror movies. Mm-hmm. I like gothic horror. I love dark fantasy. I love grim dark so much so that that becomes the genre that I watch, the genre that I read. And I almost like, in a sense, sometimes I have these thoughts like, am I, you know, to quote uh, Nietzsche, you know, am I looking into the abyss a little too much? Should I be like inviting more comedies, you know, onto my palate, you know, to kind of lighten things up? You know, I, I wonder about that. Did you have you seen Cyberpunk uh, Edge Runners on Netflix, Jim? Because that is not yet something you need to check not, out if you haven't. Cue not yet. Up. It's on my cue list. But I'm good, good. Yeah, I'm watching okay. um uh Midnight Club. Uh what is it, Flanagan? Uh he's an awesome, awesome director. I haven't seen Midnight Mass. I will watch that. That's also on my queue. You, uh, there's more on my queue than I can physically watch, I'll tell you. But uh you haven't seen that yet, but I I've heard good stuff about the Midnight uh, uh series. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll give you my opposites thing, uh, if I might. Um, and it was related to kind of getting the story up and running. I thought it was handled. A l- they could have, they could have folded certain aspects into each other and tightened that up and got it going faster. And I think they should have, because they have people breaking out of and into a sp- supposedly high security government facility many times in this movie with relative ease. And um, if they had just 
made that happen once and just maybe folded a couple characters together. Uh, maybe the kid that's broke out is is uh, um, not Kanada. What's what's the other fellow's name? Tetsuo. Tetsuo. They could have just had him break out and a little bit later or something and or something like that. Somehow this could have been simplified in a way to get the story up and running faster. I think. Um, but I also can forgive them of that because it was such a new genre. But I do remember feeling like, yeah, if you just took that character, blended with that character and made one breakout or into sequence instead of like three or four, that probably would be a little more believable. Um, but other than that, yeah. I was, yeah, I was pretty well, pretty well on board for this one. Yeah, I, I also like you, yeah. Jim, like the genre and um, and, the, and the concept and all that stuff, so. Mm -hmm. all right so that wraps up our open discussion about akira 1988 <laughs> <laughs> and um that probably that gives us plenty to uh figure out what we want to grade this thing while we're thinking about what our final grade is and putting that in we have time to take a short commercial break and now a word from our sponsors does your alternate 2019 Neo Tokyo look too much like a sprawling concrete cesspool resembling the mid to late 1980s? Akira. When you look out your window, does the view make you want to smash the restart button for the entire world? Akira. When I tell you the odds of surviving the apocalyptic makeover that's coming your way, are slim to nil, but you hate what is so very deeply that you are literally begging to roll the dice anyway. Akira. <laughs> Side effects include a literal apocalypse. Creepy lab-raised children, including one that looks like Louis Anderson. The ability to break out of and into a high-security government facility several times during the movie with relative ease and stomach cramps. God-tier solutions that get biblical on urban sprawl. <laughs> what was... What was this? What was the product? Yeah, I believe it was... Akira. <laughs> oh, okay, of course. I mean, it's, it's pretty accurate. There's a lot of commercials I've seen where I get to the end of the commercial and I'm like, what the... F the fuck was the what's the thing what, yeah. what are you advertising that was, that, was a, that was a fragrance commercial yeah <laughs> bad idea jeans <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that was our commercial break fellas uh go rush to your stores and pick up your acura <laughs> wait now people are gonna buy cars <laughs> head on to your honda dealership <laughs> All right, why don't we find out where Akira will stand as far as uh, the GPA by giving it and assigning it our final grades. Poetry. Poetry. Boy, my titles have just been, my chapter titles have been just all off. My, um, okay, so before, oh no. Yeah, we're ready to go. G um, yeah, I think it doesn't matter who's who does what. Okay. So I'll just go first. Um, my grade was 
in the B plus range, but I think that I will go with, I think it actually, I liked it more after our discussion. I'm going to stand my ground and, and elevate the grade a, a whole half letter to an A minus from a B plus. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this one better than I have before. And it actually elevated the whole movie to me. And I think that the people who wrote it were pretty smart, um, despite um, having a little trouble like keeping the setup clearer, I guess. And uh, yeah, it probably could have benefited from a little trim to the rundown or the runtime. Uh, however, really, really enjoyed it. It, it. I know you said it felt long, Devin, but for me, the, the time just breezed on by. Like, I didn't even notice it was one of those. But uh, we can't stay in the in the 90% range with uh, with what our discussion was revealing. So let's let's hear what you have to say. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if I was using the American grading system, then liking half the movie and hating half the movie would give it an F. Uh, I'm not going to be that harsh uh, <laughs> because the American grading system is ridiculous. But uh, I, I think for me, uh, it was like an A movie next to a D movie. And so I'm going to stick it in the C plus uh, category. Yeah. Okay. That, so that sounds fair, sir. I think Akira will uh, accept that. That'll be acceptable. Um, James Pepe, who viewed a long time ago, viewed it again now. His his friends that watch it with him loved it, uh, or at least liked it well enough. But for you, eh, so so. So where did you end up grade wise or grade wise? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a B. I think there's a lot to like about this movie. I mean, if you haven't if you haven't seen it before, um, my guess is uh, you'll probably have a good time watching this, and you'll probably see, um, you know, like where. All of these, you, you'll get to see like the movie that everything is referencing, right? Um, but even beyond sure. that, there's a lot. There's a lot to like in this movie. Um, yeah, it just, yeah, it hit me. It just didn't. It just didn't land for me this time for whatever reason. I don't know. Sure, sure. Yeah, but definitely go check it out if you haven't seen this one. It's worth. It's oh yeah, definitely, definitely worth a watch. It's definitely worth a watch. And I, I can definitely live with a B. That's a little higher than I thought you were going to put it. So I will accept that and move on to Jim. Yeah. You think? So what I, thought, what I thought was probably very similarly to Pepe's friend. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> it. You know, in fact, I have it playing quietly as kind of background fodder. Uh, nice. As we are doing our podcast. So I give it a strong A. I love the genre. Um, there was a lot to watch, you know, detail-wise. I feel like it bears a rewatch because at certain points it was kind of confusing because so much on the screen um, going on. So, yeah. Yeah. And I solid like a, a lot of the ideas. Yep, solid A. Yeah, and I can attest to the idea that a rewatch is helpful. Like November, I always mention November because it took me two watches. And that's like one of the rare ones I watch twice. I don't, I tend to just watch it once. But like November, yeah. uh, this watch I had now, it really, I really felt like I was never, never confused for the first time watching it at any point. I felt like I was right on board with what they were trying to say and what they were trying to do. So, Devin, did we give you enough time to calculate the overall GPA for Acura? Uh, yeah, this 
film landed almost a B plus, 0.05 GPA from B plus. So it is a solid B at 3.25, uh, which puts it in what I like to call the Pepe range. Oh, no. uh, we've got we got Waken Fright, Waken no, Fright at 3.22. No. This is the worst, worst part of the show for me. Uh, <laughs> when I take a beat in here. <laughs> Devin loves. Look at Devin. He's so happy. Devin can't wait to He's tell so you. Happy. Oh, God. So happy. So, jeez. Illuminate Waken, us on the Pepe range. <laughs> Wake and Fright at a three point two two. Doctor Strange Love at a three point one eight. Screaming Cody the Christmas Memory at a three point three two. And I think I think that's it for Pepe's. Can't, <laughs> you should all be ashamed of yourselves for rating Doctor Strange Love so low. <laughs> Uh, other things, <laughs> other things in this area, though we have uh, Dracula at three point two. Uh, we have I just saw one. Okay, so this is getting Tur- long. apparently getting everyone hard. hated that movie, but me. When I looked at like a, a recent review, I was like, "How do people think about it now that it's been out?" It's like, eh. And they actually <laughs> said what you said about it, Devin. Going back to, I think it was like season one or two or series one or two that we did. Series it. one, yeah. They said they said he f- keeps falling for the same problems in his writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, training day also 3.2. Uh, huh, so a, lot, a lot of stuff actually in this 3.2. A labyrinth is also 3.18. That was a gym movie, close. I think. Uh, training day, yes, yep. Training day Christmas. was yeah. Chris, that was a Christmas movie. Christmas special, yeah. Christmas, that's right. The, the, yeah, the famous right. Christmas, movie. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they get you in the Christmas spirit. That one, that's right. Speaking of getting into the Christmas spirit, why don't we? Roll the dice and find out what the first movie will yeah. be for Series 11, which we determined last episode. The series theme is movies important for our times. Now, Jim won. Oh, he was the champion last time, so he got to he got to kind of bump up any chosen theme into the mix to possibly be chosen. And with the roll of the dice, his was selected. So movies important for our times. Um, everyone is submitted for this thing. We're ready to go. Who's rolling the dice first? Usually, I think we start with Devin if we want yep. to continue with tradition. I All right. Heard. So if you're ready to go, then I will give you your drum roll, sir. And let's find out what we're watching. Series 11, episode one. It's a two. Number two. Lucky number two. Uh, we will kick off the next series with a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness, which came out in 2006 and is now streaming on Hulu. So oh, yeah. we'll log on into Hulu, check out The Pursuit of Happiness 2006, and join us to kick off Series 11, Episode 1 in a couple of weeks from now. Excellent. Series 11. This one goes up to 11. Oh, baby. As the saying goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> this one goes up to 11. Which is my choice for next series. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's in a movie definitely important for our times. Okay. Oh, so, important. so, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's time to take care of a little show business. How much do you know about show business, Mr. Valiant? Only there's no business like it. No business I know. Oh, boy. All right. Here we go. Definitely. 
Uh, all right. We will be adding a new clip for Series 11 as well. I'll let that be the surprise when it happens. Pepe knows oh, what wow. it is. Yeah, oh. you already know what it is, Pepe. It was your suggestion. Uh, yeah, okay, so yeah. uh, a retraction. Sometimes I'm wrong, apparently. I don't know. So my producer is saying I have to talk about this. Last episode, I, it was about grading. Uh, I graded Porco Rosso with a C-. minus, And uh, although I was careful to qualify that grade by saying that like viewers and listeners should still watch Porco Rosso and feel fully justified in enjoying the movie, despite my grade, uh, it seems that uh, my very dear friend and mentor, uh, Michael Keaton, that's right, uh, who voiced the title <laughs> character in the movie, was not satisfied with that outcome. Uh, he actually uh, direct messaged me on Discord, as he often does. Uh, but instead of his <laughs> typical casual and friendly tone, I did have the displeasure of meeting a side of Michael Keaton that is usually only whispered about in the dark corners of movie sets by traumatized production <laughs> assistants. Um, known by the rumor mills of Hollywood as evil Michael Keaton, or as I like to call him, EMK. So now... <laughs> <laughs> bear with me i found emk to be dark aggressive and frankly terrifying and so in light of this harrowing correspondence that has shaken me to my core i am hereby petitioning the federal communication commission to grant me unprecedented permission to raise my grade for porco rosso a full half letter grade to a c oh jeez <laughs> i hired a team of top-notch attorneys who have requested the federal court's that are overseeing the case to assign a special counsel for what is certain to be a long legal process that won't resolve for many, many years and cost the taxpayer hundreds of millions of dollars. You see, the system works. Now, I, I mean, seriously, I hope this will appease my dear friend and mentor, Michael Keaton, because I will do anything in my power to avoid another run-in with EMK. We sincerely apologize and ask that you bear with us as we strive to be better. Danny Mills. That sounds harrowing. <laughs> it was. It was awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Many years of therapy. Danny Mills, <laughs> you can write to Ben at redheadmedia.com and we may respond on the show. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Did we get something wrong? Did you arrive at the same conclusions as James Pepe and therefore discover that objective truth? Right. <laughs> what segment of the show is your favorite? Where are you listening from? All around the world, apparently. Uh, write to us. We may choose your email to read and respond to on the show. Usually we'd be done with show business at this point. However, we have, it's the final uh, episode of the series and we have an award to give out. Yeah. It's time for the Who Dundies. Esteemed guests, welcome. The Who Dundee Awards, where we present the winner of this series, Who Done It competition, with their trophy. This prestigious honor is to be conferred upon the co host with the most points at the end of the series, hereto forthwith. Now, here to present the award is former Who Dundee champion, me. That's right. I am me, a former two-time <laughs> Dundee champion. Um, <laughs> yeah, who Dundies. Uh, tonight's award uh, is the Don't Go In There After Me Award 
And the winner by actually for the first time, who has won by uh, winning uh, more points in the who or the rundown recreation is our very own Mr. Devin Schwartz. Thank you, thank you. Actually, I, actually, I, let me let me open the envelope and make oh, sure. No. <laughs> it's a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> Let's make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's Mr. Devin Schwartz. Moonlight okay. situation. Here's your show. Don't go in there after me. Heading on over through the power and magic of the internet. Oh, oh amazing. Wow. So uh, how many is you, that? Thank you so much. Uh, this is my third, of course. Uh, as we know, the first Louisa, two. Louisa. I started out strong with a uh, the first two seasons. Uh, yeah, a couple know. of early wins in a row. Yeah. That's right. Not the first into the three timers club. I will say though, that is that that prestigious uh, title still belongs to Jim. Um, but I'm glad to be joining him on this this three timer pedestal. And uh, yeah, I mean, possibly thank you guys. first to four. Yeah, thank you guys for the yeah. great trivia. Uh, thank you guys for this great series. Honestly, it's I, I've, I've been having a blast. Uh, these are some of my favorite movies we've watched, uh, even the ones that it's I didn't like fun. as much. They've all been they've all been fun. Um, so yeah, you did uh, very well on the you. trivia. Very well. Yeah. What do you still have Talking the points, Tandy? I mean, you yeah, you really yeah. ran away with it this uh, well, this series. Me and Pepe did tie with seventeen, although I did beat wow. him on the well actual done, guesses. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Jim, you got eight, and Ben got six. Um, but overall, you don't have to mention how many marks. points. You don't have to say <laughs> <laughs> six. All right, and it lost me the it lost me the who dunny. So I better get on my my game for next series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shall redouble yeah. my effort. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'll yeah, have to good, come up good. with some good trivia to to continue our race with our literal our literal yeah, race right, and our yeah. overall race. Yeah. <laughs> well done sir all right well I th that concludes the show well done on your third win the whodunny win um your 25 dollar gift card will be underway and uh, everything else that you're uh that's coming to you and so i think that's probably yeah that's typically where we yeah. isn't that where we uh See you later, Wrap guys. Every single, up. every single show has ended at this point. Every single one. What? Oh, who's there? Just one more thing. Oh, Lest Everything. I forget. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny is on video, I always look here for some reason. I want to look like camera right, I guess. But um, my door is actually over there, so I don't know why I do that. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, that was Lieutenant Colombo. He says, we have time for just one more thing, where each co-host shares something from outside the show. Um, I'll just say, like, there's this cute little VR game uh, about a mouse um, called Moss and Moss 2 that came out that if you've been waiting for like a kind of a VR side-scrolling game, it's a cute series and it has puzzle solving and action. I, I guess it's kind of like their kind of Zelda ripoff, not ripoff, but you know, kind of style game. And so if you if you like playing in 3D and VR, there is a game there that you can play that like has the good looking graphics and interesting puzzles and a fun story um, that you can play like you're sitting and playing on a console but it's 3D and VR. So I think that translates. Well. Not everything has to be like a get up, run around and do shit VR experience. So Moss and the, Moss 2 just came out as well. I think the first one won like a BAFTA or something. Like it was very critically acclaimed. Uh, people really liked the first one. Yeah, it's one. good. It's really good. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so the sequel Moss 2 is out. I think that uh, you can get the first one now kind of on the cheap on sale because they're pushing the second one as well. So they may even come in a package or something. So check it out if you got a Quest 2 or, or if you're on PC VR on Steam or something like that. So, Mr. Devin Schwartz, what have you got for us this week on Just One More Thing? Boy, get my one more thing, boy. Uh, my one more thing is God of is God of War Ragnarok. Uh, absolutely incredible video game. Um, for those who don't know, this is the sequel to God of War 2018. The uh, sort of I would call it a soft reboot of the franchise. Um, specifically, this it is a new combat style, new graphic style, new storyline, but uh, references and and makes. Uh, uh, makes amends with the original games, uh, it, it, the the particularly the one in 2018. If you have not played that, like I, th I think anyone could enjoy it. Even if you don't like the combat, you can set it to the easiest difficulty and just play it for the story, because its exploration of Norse mythology is incredible, and the story it tells about fathers and sons and like reckoning with a violent past. It's like it really prestige, like one of the best video game stories I think ever told. Um, right up wow. there with like Last wow. of Us and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's oh, yeah. I've incredible. heard it's one of the top video games of the year up there with Elden Ring and yeah. And so such. The, um, so the sequel, yeah. So that was all 2018, but the the sequel. Oh, Ragnarok, that was the 2018 one. Yeah, okay. yeah. That one I feel that way about this 2018 one. I mean, the, this the Ragnarok does have an incredible story so far. I haven't beaten it quite yet, but I've gotten pretty far into it. Um, of course, the combat. Just came out. The, the combat is like leagues above. Like I would consider 2018 combat incredible and then like groundbreaking and this is like like bounds uh more advanced and it's Great. like unbelievable the stuff they're doing with with third person like action combat um mm. again up there with like last of us for its it's like groundbreaking nature it's a playstation uh, exclusive game right it or is no? yes as okay. as all of them have been so far they they're all playstation although i think 2018 came to pc this year or the last year so eventually okay. these do make their way to pc it just Usually it's a couple of years. There's a takes, buffer. takes a console shift or something almost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it reminds me of the difference in gameplay. I mean, I, I haven't played it yet or either of those, but I remember like playing the Spider-Man PS4 game and then playing Miles Morales and feeling like it was like, I really liked how Spider-Man worked. And then the Miles Morales game, the web swinging and that was just that much better and cooler. So yeah, I mean, did they build on the system. It was also like that in the Arkham Batman games. I remember they kept making that. They like, it was kind of basically the same thing, but they just kept getting yeah. better and better at the at the dynamics. That's the idea. Is is basically they the base core system stays the same, and it's just like you know streamline the things that felt a little clunky before, and yes. add add like nineteen layers of like new stuff on top. Um, and uh, one of the most important things is that the director of this game, the, the game director for this game, is the combat director from the first game. So the the 2018 version. They had this really uh, like awesome combat director who has directed combat for a bunch of other games. I think maybe even the Arkham games, but I'm, I'm not positive on that, so I don't want to totally make that statement. But he's direct. He's famous for directing like combat in very good games, and he is the he was promoted to the full game director for this game. So the whole wow. game was created by the guy who is the expert in combat. So yeah, it's, May I it's, ask the a, mechanics are above and beyond. Combat director is not a title that's typically used in movies. So is that a video game? Yeah, title. yeah, video game specific. The people who are designing the engine that that combat takes place in, basically. Well, might I just say that they for movies nowadays that have so much fighting in them, like Marvel and stuff, they really should call them the combat director rather than the combat coordinator or whatever the title is. 
Because yeah. that's more apt. You really are directing those set pieces. Seriously, yeah, it's, it's more a very less. important role, especially in video games where combat's, you know, half of what you're doing in the game at it's least. Even more so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Um, well, thank you yeah. for that. Got to uh, now. Great game. Excellent. All right, I'll queue it up. I'll queue it up. Uh, don't don't right. play it if you haven't played the 2018 version. I will say that. The story is heavily dependent on the 2018 game. I would recommend playing that one first. Okay. Um, they're not incredibly long games. Still. Yeah, if, if you were just mainlining the story, they're really like 20-hour games. Um, if you want to do everything, because there are kind of semi-open worlds. Yeah, the, the open-world stuff will take a little longer, but you can skip a lot of it if you don't feel particularly attached. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, I do have the PS5, so I'll definitely queue those up uh, eventually, um, starting with the 2018 version. And what was that 2018 version called? The new one called again? just just God of War by itself. God of oh, they're both okay. Just don't accidentally play the like 2005 original for PlayStation Two because um, that one also yeah, called yeah. God of War. I did but play a little of the one on a PS3 at some point. I don't know which one it was, but it was fun. Mm. Um, okay, James Pepe, what have you got this week on just one more thing? Yeah, I want to. Um, I've been. I want to recommend a YouTube channel. It's called Esoterica, um, and it is a it's a like pretty pretty academic um, look at um, sort of like ancient um, ancient like magic basically. So um, if you're interested in like Kabbalah or sort of like medieval medieval magic. Um, from a like historical perspective, uh, the guy who does this YouTube channel takes a pretty like academic look at those things. Um, he's also got a cool, really uh, cool name. His name is Dr. Justin Sledge, uh, which is a cool name. <laughs> that is a cool name. Yeah. So like the the blurb he has on his YouTube channel um, says, uh, "This channel explores the arcane and history, philosophy, and religion." Uh, the channel produces content relating to topics such as alchemy, magic, Kabbalah, mysticism, hermetic philosophy, theosophy, the occult, and more using the best academic scholarship currently available. Um, and so if, so for example, I recently watched a series of videos he did on Enochian magic, which is um, uh, sort of um, a magic that has to do with um, a supposed revelation by to a, a medieval magician and alchemist named John D. You might recognize that he's he's sort of sort of well known if you if you know things about medieval magic. Um, John D. and Edward Kelly, and uh, yeah, so he he did some some sort of magical ritual that summoned some angels, and they talked to him, and they uh, told him about their the angelic language and things like that. Um, but it's pretty, it's, it's not popular. It's academic. Um, so if you want to learn. It's more um, Scully like, than Mulder. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yes. Um, if that doesn't sound particularly interesting to you, um, he also has, um, a couple of videos, um, about the Voynich manuscript, um, he, he's actually quite a good linguist, and he has done a lot of work uh, personally on the Voynich Manuscript, trying to figure out what it's about and decipher decipher the cipher. Um, Isn't that the manuscript but, that no one can decipher? 
Yeah. And we've yet yeah, to figure uh, it out. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of defies, um, defies deciphering. Um, but he far, also, yeah. yeah, yeah. He also, I also recently watched a video he did that was called Lovecraft and the Occult. Historical nice. and literary influences on the Cthulhu mythos and the Necronomicon. So, if you remember, if you remember your Lovecraft, Lovecraft will oftentimes um, name drop a lot of uh, book, like titles of books, right? That are that have these sort of ominous sounding titles, and a lot of times those books are real books. Um, and so, uh, in this video. The guy, uh, Dr. Justin Sledge, um, just sort of takes a little bit of a dive into the, these books and talks about um, how they influenced um, uh, Lovecraft and his writings. And he, he actually sort of has a he has a pretty sort of like low um, apart from the like racist nonsense that Lovecraft was into. He has a pretty low opinion of Lovecraft scholarship. Um, because uh, at one point in the video, he he just says like, if you look up alchemy in the like 1920 edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica, there's a list of names of alchemical works, and those are the ones that appear in Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Lovecraft was was perhaps not not reading these texts. But um, putting them to good use in creating the mood that he was uh, interested in creating. Um, so, if the more sort of like academic historical side of things doesn't sound particularly interesting to you, he does have some more um, more popular stuff too. So, yeah, cool. esoterica. Esoterica is the good. name. Is the name of esoterica. The Dr. Sledge. What was Dr. this? Justin. Dr. Justin, Dr. Justin Sledge. Sledge. Love it. He sounds yep. like the Joseph Campbell of magic systems or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, which is great yeah. because, you know, it's fodder. So, writers out there, if you happen to be listening and you're a writer, this is exactly the kind of stuff that is, is like story fodder. You go check out what's really yeah. out there and then run from there. And even people that, you know, make D&D games, homebrew stuff, all that stuff is great. Yeah, the guy uh -huh. he, he has a he has I'll, I'll, I won't go on for much longer, but he has a very deep knowledge of linguistics. And one of the things he talks about in his angelic language videos, the ones about John D, is that one of the odd things about the angelic language that was supposedly revealed to John D and Edward Kelly is that it has a lot of the hallmarks of a natural language. Uh, that is to say, it doesn't seem like it is an artificial language that um, Edward Kelly, uh, probably not John D, but but Edward Kelly would have been able to make up. Um, and so you you run into these things a lot when you um, try to make languages whole cloth, like Tolkien's languages and things like that. There there are these properties that natural languages natural languages are languages that occur naturally. Right, that just sort of that are made by man, um, not artificially. That just occur naturally. They they have these hallmarks, and this angelic language seems to have these hallmarks of being a natural, that is to say, non-artificial language, uh, which makes it pretty, which makes it pretty fucking interesting. <laughs> it does make it interesting. Yeah, that is yeah, interesting. Yeah. I wonder how that came to be. Like someone like took a language that 
and like some record of some ancient culture that died off and then that they like kind of attributed it to angels or like someone made it up and just happened to hit those hallmarks or something man that yeah, is, I don't that's know. interesting be, i can't wait to hear it i, I, I gotta be, go check this it would out. be hard to it would be hard to make up one of the, one of the points he 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 likes to, or he wants to make is that it would be hard to make up this kind of a language um so yeah it's interesting. It's very, it's very interesting stuff. Yeah, that's why I said maybe like a different culture. It was like based off a real like language from another culture or something. I want to hear it. I can't wait to hear this thing. So I'm gonna go check that out after the show. I think. Um, did, did well? Do they actually? Do we know how it was spoken? I mean, there's or do you just see it in, in the written form or? Um, I don't think he. I don't think he speaks any of any of the language in the it's a series of three videos i don't think he speaks any of it there are videos of it being spoken um there are instructions so there are instructions about how to the angel reveal to them they yeah yeah um by all accounts i mean by all accounts these two guys were pretty dopey right because like these angels are revealing to them the language that God used to speak the universe into existence. Um, yeah, the Hebrew God was the first one that uses his power through words, like the power of speech. Yeah, yeah. But apparently uh, the angel's like telling him this and John D and Edward Carey are like, Angel, shut up. Tell us where buried treasure is. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I yeah, love that. So. That's very cinematic too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like other other, uh, it's kind of what set the like Hebrew and mon, uh, monotheistic God apart uh, from previous like creation stories and stuff, where like things came to be out of like some big battle or gods fighting each other or monsters or something um, that was unique and that like God spoke uh, the universe into existence. Yeah. So it was a, a, a divergence there too. So fascinating stuff. Thanks for sharing that. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 always interesting. And uh, Jim Scott, what have you got for us this week? Uh, yeah, so I feel like I have kind of a retraction in a way, in actually two parts, but I don't want to oh, okay. have the EMK. Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't tempt, don't tempt EMK. The Pacific Heights, Michael Keaton, right to step forward. And yeah, to yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> so, so uh the first way this is a retraction was i said last week that i would probably be bringing up more podcasts that you listen to less youtube just because i'm trying to limit my media usage so my visual media right um but uh the show kind of came upon the periphery through uh, one of James Summerton, which I had introduced in my one of my previous uh, Just One More Things. And it's a little show called Heartstopper, which is kind of a YA uh, boy meets boy kind of tale. And um, I, in watching this, did realize that I do like romance, romance type shows and movies um usually the romance type movies or shows that i like are more of the lgbtq line right um 
coming of age because you know even as an adult you know and a lot of like adults when they remember back when they were first coming out and all of those phases and how uncomfortable it is and how challenging it can be and you know you take two steps forward you take one step back um you almost kind of relive aspects of those vicariously through shows and movies like this and um you know you learn new things you know even as an adult so yeah those those are the retractions that this is a visual show on netflix and uh that i do like romantic like type shows interesting all right yeah but unfortunately there is a little bit of a reality twist to why I started watching the show. So in the James Somerton show, uh, he was talking about one of the actors, uh, Kit Connor. And um, they're currently or will be, I'm not sure where they are, filming the second season of the show. And unfortunately, um, among the fan base, um, there was a vitriolic type of response. And the vitriolic type of response was that this actor needed to be LGBTQ to play this character, right? Or they would not watch the second. And I don't know if this was a minority you, you know, or what exactly constituted this group of people. But unfortunately, they put a lot of pressure on this young man. And, you know, only being 18, you, you know, he did come forward and said, hey, look, I'm bisexual. But it was a forced outing because of this intense pressure. That's too bad. And that type of thing, you, you know, going back to how uncomfortable it is, and you go through uh, phases, you, you know, sometimes it can be very isolating. You definitely deserve the room and space that you need to come forward on your own terms. And um, this is kind of the downside, because uh, I think in a lot of ways, you know, the kids these days, because of so much internet access, there is a lot of community, right? Whereas when I was growing up, you you know, I thought I was the only one, you, you know, and until I met friends and stuff like that, but it's so isolating. But the downside is, is that when you become a star, there's this pressure that if you play a role in a show or a movie, you have to be representative of a certain aspect, right? And yeah. uh, that James Somerton had outlined, and I know this is a tan- tangent, I'll end this pretty quick. He had said was, we still, th- there was a lot of uh, actors and actresses that are outing themselves, right? Um, but we are not, still not in the world where LGBTQ actors and actresses get a lot of screen time. And in fact, outing yourself can sometimes kill your career. Mm-hmm. And this particular actor was on talks because of the show. He was uh, in talks with major studio heads to 
star in upcoming projects, right? Bigger projects. And this might have been, unfortunately, the death spiral uh, to a lot of that. And the example that James it's Summerton definitely was going to change mm -hmm. the trajectory of his career because of what because of what happened. Yes. Being forced to and, come out just to, you know, make it okay for him to play a character. Yeah. 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 And uh, the, the number one example that James Somerton cited was Neil Patrick Harris. Now, Neil Patrick Harris is still a bankable star. But yes. since he has come out, he's kind of lost some of that momentum that he had as a rising star. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. So, Oh yeah, but anyways, Heart Heartstopper is so sweet. It is light, so I had mentioned that I need to introduce more light things into my life. I end up binge watching. I hardly ever do this. I end up binge watching seven of the eight episodes. Wow. I was up until late hours of the night, and then I watched the last episode. Uh, you know, the next day, and I really loved it. It was an awesome show. Well, I do hope that like the fan base and and community who does mean well about representation takes this a, takes a positive lesson away that that can be then maybe you know reconsider the the outrage approach that the or the yeah. knee jerk approach and 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 where they're also assuming they understand someone's sexuality. Yes, you know it's probably Absolutely. a good cue for everybody. You know, why assume? Yeah, why assume anything if you don't know? Just, and maybe it's none of your business either, you know? So Right, right. Yeah. It, it, well, all good it, points. It, yeah, yeah. And how much do you, do you deserve? I, I mean, does someone owe it to you? You, you? you know, like an actor and actress owe it to you to reveal something very, very personal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost a rhetorical question because obviously I, I they do not. Yeah. I, w I would say, okay. Well, that was a that was a good. Just one more thing, and uh, that was a that was a good. Just one more thing, everyone. We got a couple of video games in there, and a YouTube channel, and some series, and some some wider, deeper issues that came out. So, uh, unfortunately for that young man, I hope hopefully he his his career trajectory goes in a positive way. Uh, despite yeah. being forced to come out like that, but it's definitely not going to go how it would have otherwise, I think. Um, so yeah. fingers crossed for him. He sounds very talented. Um, all right. I think we're actually going to wrap up the show now. I think we did it, guys. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I, I caught in the, my peripheral a glimpse of the ruby slippers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? Ah, don't sneak up on me. Is that Columbo? He's wearing them now. <laughs> I think I'll miss you most of all. Dorothy's here letting us know it's time to say goodbye. Uh, so uh, let's start with Mr. Devin Schwartz. I have been Devin Schwartz. You can find me at Devin Schwartz one on Twitter and game over, man. Game over. That's right. And I forgot to say my line. He's not crying. You're crying. And <laughs> James Pepe. <laughs> uh, I've I have been and still am James Pepe. Um, thanks for thanks for coming out and watching or listening, and uh, hope to see you back uh, in a fortnight. A fortnight. Yeah, exactly. Not the game. Yeah. The time span. 
Yeah. And <laughs> gentleman Jim Scott. Yeah. I'm Jim Scott and farewell, gentle listeners and friends. Take care. And this has been I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. And now that you've looked at ours, we hope to look at yours soon. If you enjoy the show, be sure to smash that like button, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a five-star review, dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. And today's parting sentiment. If you're ever granted godlike powers, get your own bike. They're mass-produced. It's not like they just made one of them. Leave my Red Aerial Rider X52 Volt alone. And, of course... Don't ever touch my all-metal gearbox. It's all metal and it's all mine. (laughs) And don't forget to watch Pursuit of Happiness 2006 streaming on Hulu for next week's show. Until next time, keep on! looking